This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you with support from Meeple Realty. We recently put together the Arkwright insert and it is absolutely fantastic. It makes setup and teardown so much easier and everything fits perfectly into the box. No half open box here. All of their inserts are very well made and add to gameplay of each game. Whether it's individual dice towers for Castles of Burgundy or literally the only way possible to store Caverna without the box exploding, Meeple Realty is plainly awesome. Check them out at MeepleRealty.com today. And when you buy one of their great inserts, tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you in the notes area at checkout. Heavy Cardboard, episode 54 of the 2016 SM Preview Show. Coming to you from, well, I guess Portland, kinda. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. So we're back from West Texas Con. Woohoo! Yeah, that, that was, was fun. a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. So I wanted to give, or I guess we both wanted to give a big thank you to Wanda, James, Bevan, and crew for mm-hmm. having us down there. Yes. Uh, we got a chance to meet uh, some folks from the Dice Tower. We met uh, Game Boy Geek. We met uh, the head of Pandasaurus. Um, yeah, just just a really cool, and, and the people. It yeah. It was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And we also met Raven Mamura, who is a very, very good illustrator and artist and yeah very talented apparently yes. he's done a lot of rpg stuff mm-hmm. for star wars and yeah. D and, and all that world of warcraft the card game and stuff like that and so just to look at his stuff was just absolutely crazy I, i'm cool so cat. jealous yeah he's very very nice too the highlight i gotta say outside of the people the puzzle me, box yes the puzzle <laughs> box was amazing and we told james that we were absolutely going to steal his idea and use it for HeavyCon, yep. for something special for attendees. Uh, for what it's worth, um, it took us about five, six hours. So so there was this massive, and I do mean massive, mm-hmm. it was like four, four, bo- uh, four feet cubed, uh, huge box, and it had seven different master locks on them, and each lock had like a sub lock that you had to get in, and it was a whole kind of escape room type puzzle thingy. And there were seven different puzzles, one for each lock. Some of them had multiple steps. And like I said, it took us about five, six mm-hmm. hours, right? Yeah, that's what we did mostly on Friday. And uh, had an absolute blast with it. We did not win the grand prize, but even had we won it, we would have given it back just or you know, given it to somebody else. It was just fun to experience that. Yes, it was. It was amazing. I've never done anything like that before. So I'm glad my first time was with you, of course, but it was still, it was still really, really cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, makes your brain work in different ways, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yep. And, and speaking of people uh, earlier, we also got a chance to hang out with our buddies, Lyndon, Mo, and Brian from the board game group. So thanks a lot. Uh, oh, and our uh, local gamer. Yeah, uh, Dustin was there group. too. Dustin was there, so that was cool. And uh, and yeah, I have just de- really I've good deci- time. I've decided that uh, Brian, Lyndon, and Mo just need to move up here because I think that would be better for everybody. For gaming wise, you mean? Uh huh. 
Gaming and hanging out. Absolutely. Uh, So the Google map is getting lots of pins, and I do mean a lot of pins. That's amazing. But anybody who listens to us that's on the continent of Africa, please pin. We have we have every other continent covered, so come on. I know we have we have fans in South Africa and other places, so come on, people. We'll link to it in the show notes. So our basement's coming along, and we are very excited. We are, um, both for it, uh, what it's going to be, as well as to have it done. Both, yeah. But um, our contractor has said that once the drywall's up and done, then he's going to put up a tarp, and we're not allowed down there until the big reveal when he's completely finished. So, oh, that's going to be agony. I think it's going to be funny if the big reveal is ready for us while I'm at Essen. It's just going to draw it out even longer. Uh Yeah. Whenever you get a a frantic FaceTime phone call that says, Hey, it's ready. It's ready. It's ready. But I can't go down there. I'll see you in a couple days. Uh (laughs) So speaking of which, uh, I am now legally me. Yay! Uh, that's all complete. Uh, I also got my birth certificate amended, and now uh, that's supposed to arrive Friday morning. So all I have to do at this point is get my passport. And the fact that it's still September, and I'm at this point, <sighs> all right, Gigantic we're almost gigantic weight lifted. Yes, almost there. So yay! Thanks for all the all the uh, support and stuff on Twitter and everywhere else. It's been appreciated, and I'm just glad that this is almost over. But that means Essen, two and a half weeks. Cannot wait. (laughs) We have a ton of interviews lined up. Uh, We have a lot of things lined up as well as uh, some surprises that we're going to do for giveaways as well if everything plays out right. So super excited about it. Should be a great time. And honestly, I think one of the things I'm most excited about is to meet all our listeners and fans of the show, et cetera, et cetera. And all these people that we've interacted with uh, online over the course of the last two and a half years, I finally get to, you know, shake hands and be like, hey, all right, it's so-and-so. And And I'm, I'm super, super excited to meet folks. Cannot wait. I'm so excited for you. Next year, you're coming. Yay! Hopefully, our videographer will be able to come with us as well, Mm -hmm. but more on that later. So we've had a couple of iTunes reviews. Big thanks to Simkin and P. Shore for the iTunes reviews. Please keep them coming. They are greatly appreciated. And as we like to say, it helps with visibility on the show. So thanks a lot. And while we're giving thanks, why not keep that going with our Patreon supporters? We have Tony Cutler, John Weber, Jerry Wang, Tudor, Ben Osteen, and 8-Bit Geezer. Thanks a lot, y'all. Really appreciate the support. We want to thank the great folks over at Game Surplus for their sponsorship of the show and for helping us make these great giveaways and contests possible. Great people, great reputation, along with a great inventory of imported and hard-to-find games. Well, you can see why we're proud to be partnered with Game Surplus. Their tagline is home of great games at great prices. Check them out over at gamesurplus.com. And when you do, remember to tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. All right, so we've already got quite a few entrants in our contest for 1846 or Arkwright. Yep, that's been amazing. People still have until September 25th to enter. Email us your top three most anticipated games that are coming out at Essen at contest 
at heavycardboard.com and you'll get one entry. If you call into our Google Voice account and leave your top three via voicemail, you get three entries. All right, and that number is 720-675-8975. So leave us a voicemail. And don't forget, we might use it on the show. So if you don't want to be on the show, then you're going to miss out on those three entries. So what have we acquired recently before this gigantic Essen shipment comes in? Not much, honestly. Just two games. Uh, What they lack in quantity, they make up for in quality. First off, I picked up a copy of the Kickstarter edition of Moscow 41, which is the latest from the Block War Game Company, Ventuo. Vento Nuovo Games over in Italy. I am a huge fan of uh, their work. And this is a much smaller scale as yeah. well as much smaller box than their the blocks in the East, blocks in the West, blocks in Africa and all those. Um, but nonetheless, excited to add that to the collection. And also, uh, today, in fact, arrived a massive box which is the deluxe edition of Venus the new one with Eno Tools artwork it is just a massive box and it looks incredible cannot wait to to dig in and I know I was very apprehensive about what it would be so we haven't tried it yet but definitely looking forward to but that's it as far as acquired but it's the lull before the storm absolutely Well, this entire episode is going to be about kind of about what you're hunting, but is there anything in particular that you want our listeners to know about? No, uh, pretty much that's it. Since the whole episode is about that, we're going to kind of just move on. But one caveat. Now, we've already recorded the session with uh, Jim and Eric from Punching Cardboard, so this is actually done post that. So with that said... All four of us genuinely thought there wasn't a chance that Railroad Revolution by What Your Game would be ready in time for Essen. I mean, it did just go to the printer on Monday. But apparently we were wrong. It's going to be there. So it would have been on all of our lists. But whoops, sorry about that. Uh, uh, So keep that in mind when you guys listen uh, to the rest of the show. But as far as that, yeah, uh, the whole show is about it. So moving on. Looking forward to playing, Amanda? I'm looking forward to playing actually a couple of games that just entered the house today. Town Center, which is another game in the Albin Villard City collection or series that he did. That's the only one that I haven't played so far. So I'm looking forward to getting that to the table. Yeah, it's the only one that we don't own. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really happy that Matt got a copy. Yeah, I'm excited too. to give that a try. And then the new Vinos that we got today to see how it's changed and, you know, the new art and all of that kind of stuff. I'm excited about that. Yep. We're going to be doing a almost kind of a compare contrast Mm -hmm. uh, episode on that later on or uh, later this year. I'm looking forward to it as well. And plus, big fan of Ian O'Toole's art. And I also want to get a couple more games played. Um, Forged in Steel and Three Kingdoms Redux, both of which we actually have recently played, but I really want to play them again. Yeah, Forged in Steel was the big surprise for me as well. Uh, i super on board with playing that some more. Uh, a couple that you didn't mention that I am also looking forward to getting more plays of in are Scythe and Terraforming Mars, as well as Pax Premier. And obviously, Kalis, since that episode's coming up very soon. As far as games been playing, what you got? 
King Domino, which we played at West Texas Con. It's a cute little game. has an Isle of Sky feel. Condo Thierry, we played that twice in a row. That is a fun game. And apparently really expensive and hard to get as far as the original version, which is the version we played for Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reprint, I think, was Fantasy Flight, who he warned us off about it and said, yeah, they made changes to it that were completely unnecessary and go with the original. So, okay, noted. And we played Domos Domini, also at West Texas Con. That's just, it was kind of meh. I fully agree on that. Terraforming Mars, we played it with three this time. Still an enjoyable game. Yep, I don't think it's as good as, oh my god, it's amazing, no. that I've heard. But I think it is a very solid, mm-hmm. very enjoyable game. Um, I'm sure we're going to be reviewing it during Essence season. Rushafart, 1769 to 1890. We played this game once a long time ago when we first got it. And I remember not being too enthused about it, but... I really enjoyed this play at West Texas Con. I totally did as well. It is the first in the Thomas Spitzer Cole trilogy. uh, And I know it's getting reprinted next year by Capstone Games, originally done by Spielworks. And I loved it. Just Mm -hmm. really, really enjoyed it. I was really concerned when we first played it about whether or not the, because everybody ends up in the same spot as far as tech tree type. uh, It's very very limited. It's all about the how you get there. That's the big difference. And I was worried about that. I remember the first time we played it and come to find out, yeah, it's much ado about nothing. Really, really enjoyed that our play of that. Mm-hmm. Anxious to play some more. Yep. Same here. Three Kingdoms Redux. And again, the last time that this was played, whenever you and Tony reviewed it, I honestly was just going through the motions. I wasn't a huge fan of it because I hated conflict so much in any form. However, luckily I have gotten over that (laughs) and I can learn to just enjoy a game for what it is. And this game is amazing. Yep. You know, it's funny. On my way home today, I was listening to the latest episode of Punching Cardboard from our buddies and they actually revisited uh, Three Kingdoms Redux. And I was like, wow, we've been playing that a lot. I've played it twice now in the last week and a half. And it reaffirmed how good of a game mm-hmm. it was. And this is one that absolutely is standing the test of time. And I think Jim even said that it's one of only two games he rates a 10. Uh, just it checks every box as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh, just the auctions are great. The, the artwork's great. The theme is fantastic. The only thing that, and, and this is totally an American thing, the only thing that I, I find even a little bit hard to keep track of is the general's names, just because they are all somewhat similar, at least to an American vocabulary. Right. But really, if that's the worst thing that you can say about a game... Um, I I think uh, Yowster and Christina did an amazing job. Yes. And I cannot wait to play more. Yep. That's awesome. I'm glad you really came around mm-hmm. on the conflict thing and, and learned to embrace it and understand. It's just, it's just in it's the game. It's just a game. You're not attacking me. March of the Ants. I was very much just meh on it. I'm willing to give it a couple more shots, but initial impression is just meh. 
I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. Uh, I'm looking forward to the more asymmetric uh, starting Yes, ants. yes. Uh, and so I think that will help. Um, but yeah, it. I think I came into it thinking there was a little bit, it was going to be a bigger game than it was as far mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Uh, time length and everything. And it went surprisingly fast. But uh, that said, I appreciated the artwork. I understand you weren't such a fan. No. Ew, bugs. <laughs> but outside of that, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to trying it a couple more times to kind of solidify my feel of the game. Yep. And my last one is Forged in Steel. I really enjoyed this game. I played it three players, and that seems like maybe that's a sweet spot, but I'm not sure, and I want to play it with other counts to make sure. But yeah, it was a really good game. I tried this uh, as a two-player to learn the game with Matt, and it was all right. It was fine. And then when we played it three-player, it really, really shined. Uh, It's about building uh, the city of Pueblo, and it's a card-driven game. And I, I was really surprised. I had messed with it. I had played it a couple times as a play test. Uh, but having the components as they were and the board and everything just in final production state, it really added to the game. And I was, I was really surprised at how much all of us really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about Hands in the Sea. And I was, yeah, that'd be cool with Forged in Steel. Haven't got Hands in the Sea yet to the table, but Forged in Steel has been a very welcome surprise Really enjoyed that game. As far as a couple others that uh, you didn't take part in, there was a really different kind of trick-taking game called Take the A Chord that we played at West Texas Con. It had some interesting stuff, but I almost wonder if it was too convoluted for what it was. So, yeah, don't know about that, but it's one of the small Japanese games that seem to be all the rage, so I'm sure there's uh there's probably a want for it, but nah, I'm okay with having it just played the one time. And then got in a couple more games at Clask, and that is just a really fun pseudo air hockey type tabletop game that's just a really fun and Really enjoyable trash talk. (laughs) I won my last game, so I think I'm going out on top. Beginning in 1983, International Spieltage Spiel has been held in Essen, Germany for four days in October. It is commonly referred to as Essen due to its location. However, it is Spiel according to the people that actually live in Essen. It is the largest gaming convention in the world, rivaled only by Gen Con. As opposed to Gen Con, however, Spiel is focused almost exclusively on board games. Last year, the fair contained over 900 exhibitors from 41 different nations and had over 160,000 attendees over the four-day period. This year, over 1,000 exhibitors will be there and they expect attendance to top last year's record-breaking number. Now, one interesting thing that makes Essen different from most other board game conventions is that it is a game fair, meaning that it's basically a giant vendor hall. After the fair closes each day, folks go off to hotels, restaurants, or other locations to play games. But during the day, it's all about meeting people and buying games. This year, Heavy Cardboard's co-host, Edward, will be at the fair, spending some time in the Watch Your Game booth for all four days. He will be conducting interviews, speaking to many publishers and designers, and eating lots of delicious German food. 
For Edward and the rest of us here, Essen is our fair. This is where the vast majority of our kind of games are released. That being said, we had Heavy Cardboarder here with our friends Jim and Eric from Punching Cardboard to discuss the most anticipated titles that will be released at the fair. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? All right. Number you go one, first. Huh? Am I going to be number one? I think you should go first. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Right. you're number one in our board. That's Eric. Yeah. I'm Jim. Yeah, and the other Eric. guy talking was Edward. And I'm Edward. And Amanda yeah, had yeah. that nice introduction there. Beautiful. Well, well-spoken introduction. Why, thank you, sir. Fantastic. All right, All right. enough of the well, nice Let's, let's so get on with these games here. Let's get started. started. I suppose we ought to let people know that since Amanda doesn't really hunt games, she doesn't have the acquisition disorder that the rest of us do. She Her job is to herd cats yes. tonight. Yes. Wish me luck, everyone. Yeah. She'll be leaving. She'll just leave the room. I've had enough. They're, they've been on number nine for 30 minutes. Hour. Hey, Come on. still going on. Yeah. What, what does she have acquisition disorder for? Anything? Pens. Pens? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right. We're yep. going we're gonna to yeah, have to see pictures of That was my reaction, too. She's big on the stationery yeah. and office supplies. Well, Edward, you're going to have to get some pictures and post those on the website or on the Twitter feed at some point. That's right. Yes. What, of me and all my pens? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Top 10 box. pens of 2016. <laughs> <Top> 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, yeah. Away so, we go here. Yeah, I guess Number we're, we're going to try to conform right here. We're, should we apologize to the heavy cardboard listeners? Well, we always do that in advance, Okay, right? yes. We'll Sorry, apologize folks. in advance. Yes. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. So, number 10 on my list is Tramways from Albin Viard. Why? Uh, this is <laughs> AV Studio Games. Um, it's another game in his line of, uh, I guess, small city and town center. It's a, it's a game. It's about route building. Um, it has multi-use cards, which is one of my favorite mechanics. Uh, cards that can be used for money, for, for using at an auction, or for route building. You have to make decisions about which cards you'd want to play for what purpose in a given round and on your turn. So tramways uh, i don't have any of albin's other games i haven't been fortunate enough to play small city yet or town center this You've is gonna had be my offers people i've have had offered. offers i've had Why offers haven't you played those i just haven't got i oh. haven't got, been at the right place the right time right I haven't place, played right now, I now small city <laughs> is fantastic it's yeah. very some of the graphic design leaves a little bit to it's self-published you know well yeah, yeah. but still it's a it's a it's a much higher quality game than Clinic mm-hmm. as far as the the component quality mm-hmm. goes. Um, well, but that said, yeah, Small City definitely recommended. Um, uh, at, we reviewed it not too long ago, I uh, I think. And also, Tramways is on my list. I went alphabetical. We didn't <laughs> right. coordinate that, so that's my bad. So, but yeah, Tramways is also so on my list. So just make that definitely. make that number ten at the moment, and you're done with number ten, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Tramways is not on my list. It was on my long list when I got it down to about sixty eight, but uh, it was an early <laughs> cut. It was an early cut off my list. So. Yeah, I think the main thing is that I haven't played his games. You know, I've listened to the Small City review. Mm-hmm. Um, also heard you, uh, Amanda and Edward, talk about Clinic in the past. So you know, I'm excited yeah. to try one of his games. But you guys like Small City better than Clinic, right? Yes. Yeah. I've only played Clinic once, but it's the only game I've ever quit playing. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, and I right. want to try it again to see if I could actually, you know, make it through a whole game. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, Small City is is better in my opinion. I feel like Small City shows a 
maturation mm -hmm. of Albin yeah. as far as a little bit more streamlined. Mm -hmm. Not not entirely, but a little bit more than Clinic because Clinic had some really rough stuff. But it also, I mean, it's it, it it's really good. But you, ju I I struggle with the three D aspect. It's the isometrics. Of the game. Yes. Yeah, I, I found that but, weird, uh, and the parking lot stuff was very weird. Yep, so. exactly. <clears throat> so, Eric, did you did you back this? I did. I did not. No. Tramways, I'm sorry. Unaware. Okay. I'm, I'm Kickstarter ignorant okay. for the most part, <laughs> although this year I have gotten right. into it more. But, no, I haven't backed it, but I'm looking forward to giving, getting it a try here. Okay. When, when, cool. he, back, when he backs the Kickstarter, you got to hear about it for weeks. Oh, I don't know why I did that. Why did I do that? <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. So... Uh, why do you have? Why do you want it? Why did you like it, Edward? Well, um, I I like Albin Viard's games, and I he has shown a he has shown that his games require the kind of thinking that I like to use in a game. Uh, lots of hard, meaty decisions. Mm -hmm. And all of his games tend to have rough edges. And in this case, that's a compliment because it gives the game's character. Right. And the artwork the artwork in Tramways looks beautiful. It yeah, really, it I mean, it, from an aesthetic standpoint as well. So you, you factor in a designer who has a really good track record as far as I'm concerned. Um, he designs the type of games that I enjoy playing as well as the types of brain power or the, the the levels of brain power that it requires to play the game well and the fact that you know it's a beautiful game yeah okay that's an easy easy support for me all right i'm gonna change my list i guess <laughs> uh okay anything else on tramway i think that's about it about? all right so my got. number 10 is speaking of kickstart is a game that i wanted to kickstart and i didn't and then I sat there with a pre-order page bookmarked, and I didn't get to that either. So Are you I'm hiding your paper from me. I'm hiding this paper from you, man. <laughs> uh, and my number 10 is Ava Roma. Uh, I found out about this game after the Kickstarter ran, yeah. and I'm so upset that I missed didn't this. Didn't you go to this their... barely missed my they, cut. They gave you about two months to do a Kickstarter, post-Kickstarter uh, pre-order. And you didn't know that? I missed it. Oh, man. Nope. I totally, totally dropped the ball, and that's pretty rare. So, yeah, this was high on my list as well, although it's outside my top 10. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, in, it's, it's at number 10 with a caveat. I mean, it looks great. It's got that round board. It's got your, your, your uh, personal uh, boards that you're going to use. You've got workers that you're sending out, and then you have to collect different ones back, or you have a choice of collecting different ones back. So it has a unique worker placement aspect to it. Something a little new, which is, I think, getting harder and harder and harder to find out there. There's a lot of uh, regurgitation of ideas, if not some downright stealing of ideas uh, that I saw on this year's list. So uh, just the look of it, uh, I thought, wow, you know, I, I've got a little bit of an itch for one of those classic type euros with a little something else going on. And when I saw it, Oh, I got to do it. No, I can't do it. I've got other things. No, I, I got to do it. Oh, no. What about that High Frontier one? No, I can't do any more Kickstarters. So so that was my number 10. And my question mark on it at the moment is that uh, I watched the Rado run through in the final thoughts, and he said it gave him a real felt vibe. So those two things uh, kind of make me a little leery. And that's why it's just missed my top 10 list the for that last little the, bit. The little yeah. bit of the comparison to Feld and the little bit of hype on it that, that landed on it. 
for me anyway. Yeah, when so, I, I looked at that one, it made it onto, I think, my 50 list, which was pretty good for a list <laughs> as long as this one was. For considering you're going to buy 70 of these yeah, games, that's right. really no, good. It'll be in my collection. <laughs> that's but, pretty strong. But the thing that was kind of making me waffle on a little bit was the sense it seemed like there were certain spots of the board where high value workers are good here and these other spots low value workers were good and i wasn't seeing the crossover i wasn't seeing oh where are the spots where i can get something good with both of these and i have to decide now this was a superficial look you know i probably could look deeper into it and i will when it yeah comes out one way or another either i'll be playing your copy (laughs) you'll be playing mine it looks like um i forgot to mention this is by a games and attila zoji or something it's s-z-o-g-y-i is the designer um zoji i think you got that um so uh know nothing about either of those uh so i i don't know why i'm saying that doesn't matter the weight Right now is listed at 4.0. It's one of the heavier games we were able to find when going through this Eschenspiel uh, stuff. Yeah, seriously. So on that note, I, that really surprised me because I have my my anticipation geek list that I basically started back in January timeframe. Mm-hmm. That getting ready for Essen as well as the rest of the year, and the lack of heavy games, at least new games on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of new games is there seems to be a dearth of that this year. Well, it seems which, like I would agree. Sur- yeah, which is surprising. surprising. It seems like like Splatter's doing reprints, uh, TMG's bringing over reprints, um, uh, Mercury Games is doing reprints of these heavier games. So we're getting a lot of these older games that are being reprinted. But I don't have any of those on my list. I really shot for right. newer games Same for here. this list. No, like Indonesia, I own it right. already. Great Zimbabwe, right. I own it already. Plus, they're straight reprints. Indonesia, they are changing the map on there, so I am very curious to see how that ends up looking. But the reprints, I completely dismissed that of hand because they're reprints. There is one re-implementation <laughs> that, that I have on my list, but uh, but other than that, outside Ooh, of stuff I know what like... That is. <laughs> Uh, and that's actually going to be coming up first. But uh, outside of Sierra Madre games and yeah. their games, which we're going to talk about a couple of them here in a little bit, there's just not a lot by way of a lot of real. You, heavy, you just want to tell your whole games. list? <laughs> no, I'm just, just giving like five hints of five games on your list. <laughs> it's called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Here we go. So to, to the first one on my list, since I went alphabetical. Next time he's actually going to fly to Portland word. for this next year. <laughs> so the arrival, the arrival by Martin Wallace oh. is this uh, published by a brand new publisher called Games yeah. Up, and this is a reimplementation of his 1999 game of Mordred. And I'll be honest. I didn't even know about that until I got a text this morning from a buddy of mine, Lyndon, who said, hey, the pre-orders for the arrival have opened up. Uh, do you have you, you know, it's Martin Wallace, da, 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 da. I was like, what? So I went and looked. I was like, well, okay, onto the list it goes. So here we are. I Mordred is one of the few well thought of uh, Martin Wallace games that I don't own. So I have zero experience with Mordred to begin with. And so, but it's Martin Wallace and it's tends to, or this sounds like one of his heavier designs yeah. as far as, uh, as opposed to what was it? Tabula or the, the, uh, the other one he came out with earlier this year that is super light. 
that I didn't have any interest uh, in. Something about aliens and that. It hit Z Road. Something, sure. Hit Z Road. What one? No. Okay. No, not Z Road. That's another yeah. one that really doesn't interest yeah. me. But the arrival sounds like it has some meat to it. Um, it's kind of an area control. Uh, it's a civilization type, yeah. you know, hand management, whatever. I haven't dug real deep into this, I'll be honest, because I found out about it this morning. But that said, yes, I'm 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 in. I can't wait to check it out. The yep. map the map looks awesome. I, yeah. I pulled it that does, one up it? and I pulled the map. I was like, the map, oh it's great, you know. But yeah. I I sort of was strict to myself with reprints, reimplementations, games <laughs> that wouldn't be out by S and I, I didn't follow it to a T, but that one I, I was like, Well, it's a reimplementation, I won't include it, but I'm definitely definitely looking forward to trying that i'm not yeah this is the one that <laughs> slid onto my list i don't know i'm not the biggest Wall, uh, martin wallace fan so uh i like the train games um but everything else that's right you're not keen on brass, brass i do not love and i i've heard that right. word or well i read that word mentioned in conjunction with this game some elements of that appear in this game apparently and eh, all right I'll, I'll wait and see but there's a lot of Fair love enough. around here for studying Emerald, and I just uh, I don't I don't see it. Um, Ugh. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That was Amanda, <laughs> well, by the way, folks. Now. Hold on, now Amanda's <laughs> only played the second edition yeah. of oh, A Study yeah. in Emerald, and she hated yeah. it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, but she's willing. We we have the first edition. She played the first ed- or the second edition at BGG. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she's willing to try I the am. first edition. I am. I just I'm not. I'm a Sherlock Holmes fan, mm-hmm. a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, but I am not a Cthulhu fan. Yeah, I'm kind of in the so, same boat. Yeah, so it's hard for me to want to play a Cthulhu game because it's not a Sherlock Holmes game. It's a Cthulhu game. Yeah, exactly. And it's not a study in Scarlet. It's a study in <laughs> <laughs> And the second edition is the cleaned up version, so the first edition right. is a little clunkier. Um but, but I don't know. The mechanics good, are well, fantastic. The rough mechanics edges, are fantastic. The rough edges. The mechanics are fantastic. Yes. Make, it's crap. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> it's good. Thank you. It's good. All I right. Found, well, it's a 2-2 two, two split, but Amanda's on our side, so we win. I had to play that one about five <laughs> times before it really sunk in. Yeah. I but, to, you know, I, I can understand five minutes and then it's like, I'm done. People play it that many times. All right. All right, Eric, what's your number nine? We're going oh, backwards. We're going it's we're, back. We're not doing a rondelle. We're going back and forth. We're doing yeah. a snake draft here. Serpentine. Oh, Serpentine. So it's Serpentine. So then it's me again. No, no, you're done. You did number nine. <laughs> Take your pen, write a number next to it. Do say number nine. Put number ten on the one we already done. talked about with uh, tra- with oh, tramways. Right. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Okay, Eric, go for it. <laughs> So I'm up after all that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not clear to me. Uh, So, hey Eric, it's your turn. (laughs) This next one. Here, I'll give you uh, hand signals. (laughs) I I think these designers are Greek, Uh and I think the game is sort of about Greece. It's called Austerity Uh, Greece. Yeah, but it's not. No, you know, themed around Greece. This is Crisis. Uh, It's designed by. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Pantelis, Bobulus, <laughs> and Sotirios Santilas. Ludi Creations. Ludi Jeez, Creations. Is it on my list? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so this is an economic game uh, set in like fifth element type of uh, futuristic environment where the government of this country, uh, Axia, I think it's called, is, yep. is near is. collapse or on its way to collapse. And we're these... Uh, shyster businessmen that are going to try to come in here and profit from 
you know, maybe selling short on all the stuff that's about to crash. You know, that's what that's what a good businessman does in a down market. So looking forward to it. It's got it looks like it has good economic elements, some buying and selling. Uh, I usually like games if there's some kind of money engine going on or a way to to kind of be thinking about profit margins. I'm and just things. watching Ed- Edward scowl a little bit. I, I wonder if he has any experience with <laughs> he this. He might. One. Yeah, he might. He might know something about. No, it. No, I'm not scowling. I'm shaking my head in agreement. Oh, yeah, an agreement. Uh, okay. As you guys know, we were fortunate enough to get a prototype from Miraculous over at uh, Ludo Creations, yeah, yeah. and we played it a few times. And apparently, they don't like so us. Three- Oh, will you stop? (laughs) There are three different difficulty levels. The first time we played it, we played it on the easy level. Let me just go ahead and flatly put this out there, that anybody who listens to either one of these shows, skip the easy level. It actually, it kind of soured us a little bit on the game. And we were really concerned, like, is this really going to be any good? And... So the next time we played it, we played it on the hard difficulty, and it kicked us in the teeth in a good way. Yeah. And I got to say, it made a world of difference. It it really it really wasn't a really fun game. There's a little bit of negotiation, but not much, in a sense that because of the way the uh, I forget the name of the track, but basically it's like the, the crisis the general track health or something, right? Yes, the health of uh, the country. Right. If the help, the health of the economy gets too low, then the game ends early, and people who have not met the goal for that round can't even qualify to win the game. So you can use that leverage to be like, "Hey, I'm way below the goal right now, and you are as well. So if you don't let me take that worker placement spot, then I'm not going to be able to do the stuff I need to do." So I, you know, the game's going to end and we're both going to lose or you let me go there and maybe we can help prop up the economy. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of that in there, but it's mostly a worker placement game with uh, resource conversion. And there's a uh, if you guys have played Royal Goods or Oh My Goods Mm -hmm. um, to where there's input output of companies or in, in this case it's companies in that game, it's factories or something. There's a lot of that in this as well. Just really, really clever game and something that we really enjoyed, just not on the easy level. Did you feel like it had uh, economic engine element to it? Because it's what it looked like, but you know, it was a little unclear to me. Is there a money engine to be had in the game? There is in a sense that money, you need money to be able to buy company to invest in companies and to do all of that but it's more or less there it's an ever increasing difficulty as far as the the goals for each round okay for what you yeah. have to do and so you have to get your resource and economic engines going okay. to be able to stay ahead of the or at least to try and keep up with the goals that are being yeah. forced upon you by the government yeah, the austerity measures, so to speak. Correct. It looked really good to me. I have a number four on my list. So I oh, would, wow, I, nice. Uh, I, I thought from what I saw, and I watched a couple of videos, and I waded through some of the hype, and I got a little afraid of it once the hype started coming out in some of the videos. But um, in the long run, uh, there's the guy in Canada. I think his name's David Minkin. I think that's last yeah. thing he does connect yes. more. And he did an yep. excellent final thoughts on this game that, you know, talks about the warts, talks about exactly what you said. The easy game really isn't worth it um, because the game isn't trying to kill you the way it does in the hard game. Um, I like I, it seemed to me that this might be a game 
that I can enjoy that would give me some taste of what CO2 was about in a way. Yeah, yeah I kind of saw some yeah, of that too. Yeah, but, but with more fun. Sure. <laughs> so, but it did concern me that there there does seem to be a way for a runaway leader and possibilities. Uh, so you never know. But it looked like something a little different too. Again, I'm looking for stuff. It's not so much, not so much a runaway leader as a fall away trailer. Okay, I would say. And it seems like it's going to be better with more players than less as well. So, and I just discovered it seems that I way. Just discovered my list is twice as good as yours because. You're, that's twice as high on your list as it is on mine. Yeah, well, you know, I'm an idiot. So, uh. so, and on on the note of uh, Ludicreations Creations and the Kickstarter, um, I had mentioned this on one of our recent episodes that I thought it was really cool of them that they, even though the Kickstarter was still running, they they cut off pledges. They said, "Look, we're not going to make any more games because we're not sure that we can fulfill enough." And this number we feel good about. We we know we can. So I I commended them for that, and I thought that was really cool of them to do. That because there's plenty of kickstarters out there that suffer from stretch goal bloat, yeah. and it pushes games further and further out. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. Look, this is what we can do, and we're going to run with it. That makes sense. They yeah. knew their limits and stuck to it. Right. Cool. Which is awesome. Yeah, so that, more people should learn so from that. So that was your nine. We're coming back this way. Yeah. All right. I got to find my nine then. All right. My nine, I'm sure, is not on either of your lists because your list is twice as good as mine. I've already gotten, you know, <laughs> And this game I don't think is going to be uh, one of those heavy ones either. So uh, it is. Yeah, it has no weight listing. Um, but it sounded interesting to me. It's called Age of Thieves. Um, kind of like this semi co-op. Well, it's not even co-op. It's a bunch of thieves running around the town. The map looked great, point to point. Almost gave me that Fury of Dracula feel or similar type games with a lot of locations on a board. And you're supposed to go in as a thief and get the king's jewel and get out, in and out. Uh, if somebody gets it, then they're the target, and you go get them and steal it. And there are ways to win without getting that jewel out. Uh, so there's multiple win conditions in this game. I don't know how much stealth is involved because obviously you're going to have dudes on a board while you're doing this, but your stealth will be in the cards you have available, I'm assuming, that allow you to move around um, and the maneuvers you can make. Uh, it just uh, I, I'm just sitting there going, Thief, the board game. This, this could be really good. It could also fall flat, uh, but I don't think there's anything else out there like it at this point. And it just sounded pretty good. That is by Galactic Games by Slavavir Stepian. Uh, I had it uh, I, as something to look for, uh, look more into on whether or not I wanted to put it on the Anticipation Geek list. And I looked at it and I was just... It gave me the very same thing that you just mentioned. The Fury of Dracula or what's the other Dracula one? Um, Letters from Whitechapel. Well, that's, there you go. That or yeah. like a Scotland yeah. Yard, yeah. almost. It's not hidden movement. I don't. No, think, I don't think so. But it kind of gave me just that feel from just the way it looked. Yeah. Um. And doing a little reading up on it, I was like, yeah, it's something I'll check into, but it's not something I'm really like. Oh, I got to check that out. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think we talked about this beforehand too. Uh, out of out of the long list, there wasn't a ton that. <laughs> That was screaming, hey, I really got to check this out. So I'm kind of looking for things that aren't going to be the same as 
what I've gotten in the previous years. I mean, I don't have a what's your game on uh, on there because I don't know that they have a new one coming out. They, do, they have one new one. They don't, not for us. But it's if, not coming out. But if they had one, it would I would be like, well, I got Madeira, Nippon. I'm like, do I really want another one that's very similar? Uh, so, you know, and, and Brazil and Lisboa are pushed back, I believe. So, I mean, they're not on my yep. list. But they're... But I have stuff of those. I mean, as I sent to Eric earlier, I says, "All right, I got fifty. I got sixty on my list. Oh, there's a Feld. I've got fifty-nine on my list. Oh, there's a Rosenberg. <laughs> I've got fifty-eight right. yep. on my list. Yep. Fifty-eight. Yep. How's that going? <laughs> you know. So, um, so I'm I, I'm kind of looking for some stuff slightly outside of the box. This might be the one that pushes it the most. Uh, but it did look like, and I think I think we've been having this problem with a lot of games. It looked like fun, and we're trying to get games to the table that are a bit more fun you know uh, even if they're a little lighter as long as we're having fun and having a good meaty time it doesn't have to be the heaviest thing despite loving the heavy games and the medium medium games. no sure. I, I totally agree right. i mean one of the most fun games that we played in recent memories millennium blades oh we yeah, love millennium blade. playing that game yeah. did you get that and yeah, yeah he got it too and then he's like, ah, oh, why did right. I get it? Why did I get this? No, it was good. I because know it was good, but game. you're like, oh, I can't get anybody to play that at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Millennium right. Blades so is crazy. Age of yeah. Thieves for you. Yeah. Yes. Eric, you got, you, do you, is that on your list, sir? That was uh, one of so the first one ones So that one is not really ringing a bell, but I do remember some reference to Fury of Dracula. And when I see that, I kind of run the other way because <laughs> Letters from Whitechapel was a game I bought I thought I would really like. And when I played it, it fell horribly flat for me. So like anything that even hints at I, I, Letters from Whitechapel for me says... Nope, not even looking. So I didn't look that deep. There were too many games to look at. I probably at. shouldn't have said that because I don't think it's going to play like that. I, I think, though. I don't think so either. But, but I, it's got I a map like that. feel, though, just from yeah. Wasn't there, like, it. hidden yes. movement and Yeah, I don't think there's hidden movement, movement in this. I don't think there's program movement in this. I'm not absolutely sure. Um, uh, but I, I don't or think one there against is. many. Was there that in it? That's also something that usually doesn't. Well, this go becomes so one well against many. If you grab the gem and you're trying to get away, then the other thieves, the only thing they can do is stop you. But I think the game is also trying to stop you as well. So when you do this, you're like a thief in a city. And when you do something wrong, the alarm level goes up and the guards are wandering around the city. So just think of it as that little uh, those guards in, in Yido. And yet oh, there's yeah, six those. million of those, and they're going to appear <laughs> when you do something wrong, you know? Yeah. Sounds I don't an awful know. lot like letters from Whitechapel hey, to me. you know what you always <laughs> say to me about these games? You're playing it. That's right. I'll play it. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So I guess my next one, since I don't have it numbered. Well, if you, um, if you get a pen out and you can write it down. Yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. So my next one is, uh, doesn't have a rate, weight, uh, weight rating on BGG yet, Um it's Barcelona, the Rose of Fire. You bastard. <laughs> uh, so How do you have information on this? This I had on my list. This is DeVere. It's it's yep. the boys who... And designed by Marco Maggi yeah. and Francesco Nepatello, I think. Yeah. Is how you say uh-huh. it? Uh-huh, sure. So we'll, we'll go with that. Just the theme alone yeah. kind of has me interested in it. The fact that it's Barcelona in late 19th century or whatever... And you're trying to build uh, the, the uh, what is it, the, uh, Barcelona? the cathedral? Yeah. Is, right, as well as <laughs> other buildings yes. in the city. Yes. Uh, while the, uh, the, the lower class folk are rioting and you have to balance that whole 
between pleasing the upper uh, upper income and keeping the lower income from rioting and taking you down with it. And it just sounded interesting. There's just not a ton of info out there. There's not. Devere yeah. has put out a... Say again? There's none. That's the problem. This was huge right. on my list. And then I went to research it. And I'm like, I don't have any information. How can I put this in my top 10? This was a game well, when I when I read the description and, and, and who it's by, because it's by the company that gave us uh, 1714 case of the Catalans. They know they're Barcelona. Yep. So, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. All right, what's it look like? What do you mean? There's no pictures? No what, idea. What, what, how's it to play? I, I don't know. Here's a description. So, I, 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 you know, this would have been, I, I'm assuming it's a top three for me next year. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it just just the theme alone and the fact that it has something off the beaten path, kind of like what you said, and you're going to notice that there's a number of that on my list, just that kind of something different or at least off the beaten path, be it theme, mechanics, whatever. Um, and like you said, there's just not a lot of info out here, but I'm really interested from a, huh, I'm curious to see what this game is about. So for that reason, I put it on the there list. There is one bit of information that, that may take it off the list or actually put it on a lot of people's lists as the guys who designed it also designed Battle of the Five Armies. Wow. And I don't see this game sounding anything like that, but that Not game, close. yeah, but that game has gotten a lot of praise from people who like those type of games. So that's one thing to look out for. But that's the only information I can get out of it, other than the description of what you do. You know, you you build the fancy places to get your prestige, but if you don't keep the common people happy, they're going to riot and tear them down. So exactly, uh, sounds like fun to me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, All that right. one that one did not appear on my list. I don't even remember. I don't know. I don't even know who you I'll are. Go back to that thieves game. I Gee, guess. yeah, thieves yeah. in Barcelona. Right. What do you have? What do you have on? Well, there? I have Agricola. I have eight the reprint. More. Okay, yeah, right. Family edition. <laughs> Agricola uh, family. Amanda, edition. this is where you step in. <laughs> I was about to, but he took it. All right, so I'm going to go to my number eight now. Uh, a game that's received no shortage of recent hype. Um, this is Innis from Christian Martinez Matago Games. Uh, it's an area control game with looks like deck building and card drafting in the mix. Uh, I really was attracted to this mostly from the look of the game. I mean, it's got a very interesting shape to the to the three hex tiles that are making up the board. Everything about the look is going to be either really really turn people on or really really yeah. turn people yeah, off. Yeah, so I really liked it cuz it looked unique. But the one thing that it was higher on my list when I started and as I was working through it, it kept bubbling down and I I don't know, I just kept getting this Mystic Veil vale vibe from it. I know it's probably nothing like Mystic Veil, vale, but it's like, oh, those tarot side cards with Mystic Veil vale looking art. I'm not <laughs> Oh, don't make me think of Mystic Veil vale. and then I just, you know, it started falling down the list and it's on there. It's going to get played, but I'm going to just wait and see. I think it'll be interesting to try, though. Do you remember? Yeah, it. Go ahead. It narrowly missed my list. It was on the, you know, oh, so close. Yeah. Um, it's on my anticipation list, but I mean, I'm going to check it out while I'm over there for sure. Yeah. You're bringing back copies, right? I, I can't tell. <laughs> You're again. bringing back copies. Well, obviously. Yeah. I. Uh, the art is striking on yeah. it, be it the box cover as well as the actual tiles in the game. And I can't tell if I love it or if I hate it. 
and I think that's a good thing because it makes you just it. There's something about it that makes you stop and think for a minute, and I think that's a that's a positive in that it's not the same old same old art, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So if anybody was paying attention, that was number two on my Essen 2015 list on our wow. episode of that last year. It is now number one on this list. The, <laughs> to me, the art is fantastic. Yeah, I've actually that. put up the pictures on the on the BGG today and took a good look at the art and just focused in. It looks a little funky on the the playing board in the in the center area on those tiles, which have those ragged edges and the way they go together is kind of interesting. It looks funky because of those ragged edges, but when you take the time and really look at the pictures on each tile, the pictures are much more intricate than they seem when you mm. when you take the whole board in. So um, just looking at how it plays, looking at the way uh, you expand uh, and explore and then fight and some of the, the decisions you have to make if you want to fight and all that stuff just uh, is getting me even more excited about I, I want this game today. This is the one game so far on these lists that just made me think I want this now. It's an automatic buy for me so um you will play it yeah. i will so but and like it yeah and like it I, you know I've, I've just decided you guys just do your list because you guys are picking my games i don't need to keep going there we go <laughs> <laughs> well let's face it we knew there was going to be a ton of crossover uh, now on i'm this. eight times as now good. i just wish i put 10 18 xx games on here damn it because <laughs> we all right jim go for all it. right number eight uh that was number one so you heard my number one and my number four from eric so uh, I can't wait to hear your other ones. Number eight for me is Plus Ultra, the court of Emperor Charles V, <laughs> which uh, we mentioned briefly in our 2015 thing and then also had a little fun with that, but we won't go back into that. Um, this one, uh, it, it keeps rising on my list. Uh, you, you draft cards each round. Um, you're, you're basically drafting some characters that help you. Character actions are, are resolved in a certain order. Um, I've seen the pictures of the board, seen some of the pictures of the cards and stuff. Everything looks great. It looks, uh, it looks a little compact. It doesn't look like it's going to really blow your table out, but it seems like it's going to be a little heavier than the size of the game is. So a little historical element going on. Uh, this is uh, Meridiano 6 is the company. Manuel D. Cruz Diaz and Antonio J. Dionisio are the, uh, the designers. This is one of the big surprises for me because this, kind of, this feels like it came out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned. You guys, apparently it was on y'all's radar far before it was mine. And if I did have these in any kind of order... This would be top three for me as far it came from out of the blue to, oh my, look at this Mm -hmm. thing. And uh, yeah, just it for all the reasons you said, and I just, it looks fantastic. It looks like it's, to go back to what you said, it just looks like it's going to be fun. And I will say, uh, nope, hold on. Never mind. I won't say. That's it. Never mind. That's all I got. Never mind. I'm thinking of Gilda Rad. What number was that on your list? Number that, eight? That wasn't that was number eight. Yeah. I think that was like eighty-six. Eighty-six on Eric's it list. It made my there. list. It made my long list. Sheepskin. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm curious, Eric. Okay, so what what about it did not grab you then? Uh I think you know, again, looking at all these games, you gotta make judgment calls quickly. It sort of struck sure. me as 
not that different from many other Euros. I mean, I was getting a mid-weight Euro vibe from it, which I'm cool with, but, boy, I sure have a lot of those. So weight 3.25, so it's kind of higher than a lot of the stuff we've been looking at. Hey, I'll try it. You get it, I'll try it. I don't know. It's number eight. I don't know that I'm getting it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, All who's right. next? So right, my, Edward. my next yes. in the alphabetical <laughs> is... Uh, he's, he's being obstinate. The he only, could sit there and number them <laughs> while we're talking, which is what we Sierra usually do. My, or check that. The only Phil Eckling game Uh-oh. that's on my list. Oh, here we go. Uh, but one of two Sierra Madre games that. that's on my list, and that is Bios Genesis. All right. Number six for me. I, I'm just not doing it anymore, people. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, this is a precursor, I believe it is, to BIOS Megafauna, mm-hmm. um, and it's it, it's. I don't know if it ties into that game in any way, shape, or form, or if it's just kind of a, uh, uh, a you know, timeline-wise, this takes place prior to that. And I'll be honest, I've, I own, but have yet to play Bios Megafauna. And on, the reason being, it's a game I don't want to read the rule book for. I just want somebody who knows how to play it to teach me how to play it. And I, I'd be cool with that. Because let's face it, Phil Eklund, not known for his rule book writing. Nope. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, there's I even though I've only played a couple of Phil Eklund's games... I dig the simulation. I dig the amount of thought that goes into the behind-the-scenes stuff and just how thematic and how accurate all his games are. And it just really appeals to me. You got it on your list? Uh, that That is on a, a shorter list. A shorter list, um, but didn't make your 10. But no, no, it looks great. Yeah, the graphic design of the cards. It's like, that's the other thing. I think this one has some mechanics in common with the greenland and neanderthal with with dice and but i dice didn't odds. Did, are there dice i didn't see I dice so. in the pictures yeah i think there i read that there were they okay. shared some mechanics which i'm totally cool with but yeah through those games you know from the original version of greenland to the new version and then neanderthal and now this boy he's really cleaned up the graphic design looks really fantastic yeah. it's primordial soup uh being i guess amoebas in the primordial soup trying to survive seems like a pretty cool theme so yeah yeah definitely I, want to try it i i i'm sold on phil eckland after my first experience with pax Perfiriana with you uh where those cards are just a mosh of craziness that i couldn't decipher and then getting into greenland and then getting the new greenland which cleaned everything up really nicely um neanderthal is just great fun for me i like the science aspect of it i like i I don't have a problem with the luck aspect of it some people complain about the dice well so be it you know you you send you spend you spend you send a bunch of uh guys with wooden spears out to fight a whale odds are they're gonna die okay you know involved the whale wins the the saber-tooth tiger he wins okay i mean it's just pure (laughs) and simple i love that predator aspect so if this comes anywhere close to those I love it. I think the only game that's kind of fallen a little flat, more flat for you than me, is Pax Pamir. I'm not sure. Uh oh, uh oh. Edward just got all upset. Somebody's somebody's touching him. So. Oh, it's no, it's not oh. me that you're gonna no, have to I worry about on that Pax one. Pamir. You love oh, Pax Pamir better than Pax Perfiriana. Yeah. Okay. T- tell us why. 
So we can hear it from a sane person because we hear it from people who aren't quite sane all the time. <laughs> I just I just understood Pax Pamir easier. I don't I don't know really why. Yeah. It just it that one clicked for me more than Porfiriana. Okay. And for me, I Pax Porfiriana is one of my all time favorite games. Mm-hmm. Um, Pax Pamir could possibly be up there in level. I haven't played it enough to feel comfortable saying that. Whereas Pax Porfiriana, I've played shoot seven eight times already, okay. um, which for me that's a lot of plays. Uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah we're that more foreshadowing there. Just, <laughs> just saying. Oh, nice. like by saying there's two Sierra Madre games, nobody figured it out at this point. Okay, people. Well, if you haven't figured it out, out, people, there's more foreshadowing there. I'm I'm gonna guess that the first letter of that game is a P. So just in case you need some help, just think about that. After we do the next round, I'll, I'll go on, to an Jim. A after that. Moving on, moving on, <laughs> gentlemen. All right, Jim. What? I just, oh, is it me? Is it you? you just, well, you guys keep taking the game, so I don't know where we're at. <laughs> was that you that came up? No, that was Eric's turn. Oh, it's okay. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I need to like keep a log. Yeah, I got confused. Just... I thought we skipped Edward there, but no, he did Biosgenesis. No, no. Yes, that's yeah, right. Biosgenesis. Yeah. Yeah. All the side talk about Pax Pamir threw me off, <laughs> uh, <laughs> giving you nightmares. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah, just had a flashback. Pax Pamir, you're trying to play it like it's a euro yeah, instead of right. a political. Stay game. out of my, stay out of my area. Man. I'm collecting resources. Well, right. the game's yeah, over. Collect them all, man. This is like Orleans, right? Uh, so, all right, my number seven. It's number three on my list. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I have no idea. I well, mathematically, it is, yeah. yes. Okay. So, uh, uh, number seven. This one comes from recently, actually, recent plays of 13 Days and the bluffing aspect that we found when we were playing that, and just the fun of, oh, you know, what are you going to do? And the tension that builds as you're trying to figure out what your opponent's trying to do. Really uh, spoke to me with this game, and that's Fog of War. Uh, it's Jeff Engelstein game. I oh, think it's yeah, designed yeah. with his son as well. Sorry, I don't remember his it name. It is the Fog of War. And there's a reason I'm pointing that out. Because there are two games with Fog of War in it coming out this year. There's Fog of War, and then the one you're talking about is the Fog okay, of War. the Fog of War I'm talking about. <laughs> this is a Stronghold game. So um, it's coming out here at Essen. It's got blue. It's got red. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so one side's the allies one side's uh the axis it's fight over europe and uh-huh. the, the cool thing about it is that you can you can set up operations in the game to attack your opponent in various areas of the board but you set the operations up in advance and i think you can add cards to your operation as you go and basically the more rounds you wait to actually conduct the operation the more powerful that operation will be but then obviously your opponent can see oh you've got that out there you're adding cards and it becomes you know some kind of a bidding blind bidding to see who's going to going to win in the battle so it it felt like it really created a nice amount of tension that would go from round to round as these operations are going out and there's also asymmetric win conditions, which is pretty cool. Always enjoy that. That's one of the reasons why I like PAX games some ways. Uh, I, I don't remember what all of them are, but, you know, the Axis has a certain... If you, they control these certain territories at any point, they win. And if, if the Allies do 
a certain thing, then they can win instantly, and then there's tiebreakers if it goes the distance. But very interesting looking game. I had it on my list. It, it fell off in the 30s, top 30 somewhere. Okay. Um, because something else similar pushed it out over there, and I didn't need two of the same thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Edward? It, uh, I'm, I'm taking a wait-and-see yeah. uh, feel for it because I guess it's the, the pedigree of the designer. Now, Jeff Engelstein knows his stuff. That is a very smart sure. dude. But the games he designs don't really haven't really fell into my wheelhouse mm-hmm. up to this point. So this is a, okay, show me that this is going to be a game that I'll enjoy. Um, I'm aware of it, but and I'm sure I'll take a look at it while I'm over there. But, yeah, it's it's not something I'm jonesing for. Yeah, I thought about that, too. The thing that I saw here, you know, obviously his other games, Space Cadets and such, these are more party, large part, right. large group games. This is a two-player game. It's also the setting, obviously, has more appeal to me than maybe some of his others, so... Oh, same here, totally, and yeah. and that's the reason that I'm willing to take a look yeah. at it. Exactly. Well, that's why it made the long list. Yeah, unlike you know some of the other games that didn't. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have a list. <laughs> right here, baby. All right. Anything else you want to say about that one? No. All right. Self-published? Did you give them publish? It's stronghold. Right. Yes, stronghold. Anything else I can do to delay? Because I don't, I, I don't want you to give me a Amanda, hard time about my seven here. Cut him off, Amanda. <laughs> my turn. Number seven, The Colonists. Ooh. And I'm not going to do the German. Take that one off my list. <laughs> Is this on your list? It very much All right. So. That's what I like to hear. Get you back for Bios Genesis here. Uh, this one looks good. I, I have some worries about it, but uh, the, the idea that you're a mayor of a village and you got to develop your environment and gain room for farmers and craftsmen, and citizens and workers to come do stuff, and it's all based out of the central board that you're moving your your guy around and then taking square tiles rather than hex- hexag- hexagonal tiles that are on the center board area and growing, and that board's growing and your village is growing, so there's a lot of growing in there. And uh, it looked good. The tiles all look good. I read the uh, the playthrough instructions that are available on BGG. And I don't know that I got quite the feel I wanted for it, but I liked what I saw. Um, I've read some complaints that, well, what is this? Multiplayer solitaire? Well, duh, it's a Euro for the yeah. most part. Um, so I think it is. I don't see that as necessarily a slam on the no, game. But nope. per- people asking that were kind of... Um, Using that as a negative, I would say. Um, But, you know, it's kind of a sim village building with different gameplay levels and scenarios. So it has scenario play. It can play in 30 minutes, depending on how you're playing it, up to, I believe, three hours on some of the... Or even longer. I think it was 230 to 240 or something like that was the the stretch, the the gap, the delta. The delta, (laughs) yeah. Between... um, and so, you know, other than other than the fact that there may be an interaction issue, I don't know how easy it is to get the things you need based on what I've seen. So I worry that, ooh, are we going to get into that candy store area? Uh, and the other thing is, um, the one thing that was very clear is you get a storage room, and the storage room does not work until you put a worker in it. Now, my idea of a storage room is you put shit in the store, uh, stuff in the storage room, <laughs> and then the worker leaves well, the storage room and you just close the door and it stores stuff right so well, thematically hey, that was making Arkwright, me crazy you gotta, you gotta man the warehouse huh? right 
Yeah, but they're working in a warehouse. That's not just storage. That's a warehouse where things come and go. So it's a semantics issue. Yes, exactly. I'm nitpicking. They um, call them baristas. Would that be it's a barista. They, you put a barista in the storage room, and then you can all, all of a sudden you can store extra things. <laughs> so the designers, Tim Pools, yes. uh, published by Lookout and Mayfair, yep. both. Yep. Which most things and are. I believe it seems it's got the. Uh, does it have the uh, Clemens Franz artwork? I can't remember. Yeah, Clemens Clemens Franz. Can't, it does. Is remember. this a first-time right. designer? I I thought I. Uh, I believe he is because I did. I do believe I clicked on his name and didn't come up with much on BGG. Yeah, I didn't come up with much. I I, I think he might have designed some other stuff, but nothing of note. nothing that I know okay. about. I don't think yeah. nothing that I've right. heard of. So uh, so that's on uh, Edward and I have that. Yeah, that's on my list. Uh, it didn't quite make the top ten, but it looks very interesting. So, Edward, wow. what, what, what Eric. Eric is saying is we're picking the crappy games, and he's got all the good ones to come. So, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right, Edward. Just missed. Right, I had so this at number 11. Moving on to my next one. Yeah, okay, number 11. All right. <laughs> my next one is uh, I'm not too terribly keen, usually, on Western themes. I like Western movies, but... As far as games go, doesn't really normally do much for me. And that's uh so Great Western Trail by Alexander Fister, uh, published by Stronghold Games. So little backstory before I get started on this, I was talking to Stephen Bonacore, and I told him that there were a handful of games that us, I was interested in. anyway and he was like what do you mean just a couple of games i'm publishing like 20 some odd games this year and i'm like sorry (laughs) sorry steven there's only a couple that interest me terraforming mars and great western trail were the two main ones along with sola fide Mm -hmm. but enough about that great (laughs) western trail uh it's encouraging alexander fister he's put out a lot of a lot of popular games lately including mombasa and he confirmed, I think it's last week, week before, and said that uh, this is going to be uh, about the same weight or a little bit heavier than Mombasa, which, yay, finally. Yeah. We're, you know, whoop, whoop. But even so, that's still mid-weight, you know, mid-heavy, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, there's, they're saying 75 to 150 minutes for it. Um, yeah, well, I, I imagine this is on y'all's list. Yeah, I had this one at my number six. That was going to be my next game. Okay. So, fantastic. Right. Yeah, it looks like it's got deck building. I, I, this one's kind of going, I mean, it looks great. Board looks fantastic. I like that there's multiple routes. It looks like there's kind of an Indian village trading area of the board. And well, you got when you get to Kansas City, you got to have some cards, you know, sell cattle. So, you're trying to acquire cards so that you can make big sales at the right time in the game but it's really the pedigree of fister himself because i i haven't played broom service but every other game of his i have played i've liked port royal was really good it's light but i liked it a lot isle of sky i didn't like it first but as i played it more no that's a that's a pretty solid game mombasa i really enjoyed isle of sky both of us yeah mombasa Yep. It's great. Been getting that out at home with Tina. Card mechanics, really cool. So looking forward to his next offering. I like the card mechanic of Mombasa. I can't say I liked everything about Mombasa. Uh, Isle of Sky, yeah. I had this in the top ten. It fell out of the top ten and just hung on to the honorable mentions at the at the back end. Um, just 
But when Eric gets this, you're, you'll be more than happy to play it. Well, I won't I'm be sure. happy about it, but I'll have to play it. So. <laughs> he'll unhappily and grumbly. It's that That's or right. the arrival. Huh? So in other words, he'll pull a gym. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. It's all right. That's all right. One day I'm going to be big time, and then you'll drop my name, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 you thought I was dropping names with Bonacore? No, no. No, no. So, Eric, I was talking to Barack Obama the other day. And Were you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was boy. your bobblehead over there, right? There's my bobblehead. Oh, Bobby yeah. Hull. Bobby Hull gave me no, yeah. All right. So, All right. So we'll go on to my number five now. Uh, my number five is a game I kickstarted. I do do it from time to time. And this is uh, Days of Ire, Budapest, 1956, <laughs> by another group of designers I can't pronounce. Catalan Nimmerfro, David Serzi, Mahali Vincenzo. If anybody's keeping score out there, let us know how many names we got right. <laughs> yeah, right. I think the answer's two. I think yeah. David Terzi is tied in with the group that did Tricurion and Anachrony, which is oh. Anachrony is another game coming out off Kickstarter. But um, this looks like uh, I've, some of what I've read, people have said, oh, it looks kind of like Pandemic or something. But it has the multi-use card mechanic of Twilight Struggle 1989, 13 days where you're playing cards, choosing them for ev- events or operations points. One side is the Romanian government, I guess. One, the other side are the rebellious college students. And as the game progresses, the government's grip and stronghold over the rebellion continues to increase in strength. So it's kind of about holding out to a certain point or making it to the end of the game without having the government put too much of a stop to what you're doing. It also has a lot of green and red. See, I'm thinking about colors now. It's got green. It's got red. <laughs> looks great on the table. The cards are beautiful. Unless you're colorblind. Unless you're colorblind, which fortunately I am not. So, I, For what it's worth, I back this as well. But the reason I backed it, even though it's got a, a bit of a co-op nature to yeah. it, which I am not terribly yeah, keen on. Way. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, you backed it. it it's, it's the theme. Mm-hmm that uh they got yeah. me the fact that it's a a lesser known event that took place historically back in i want to say it's 56, yep, 56. i think mm-hmm. yep. um in which there were a couple days in which hungary broke loose of the soviet union before the russians came back and took it back over and that's just that's fascinating to me that's something i'll be honest i had no clue right. about until the game came out and that's the thing i i like about be it war games or historical games in some form or fashion, is they get you interested about the the topic, and then you makes you want to go and research yeah. about what it is. Be it books, you know, Wikipedia, right. whatever. Um, and I I enjoy learning, and I think that was really cool. I'm not too keen on the one versus many, which is what it is. Yeah. I think in a four player game, it's three versus mm-hmm. one depending on who's playing what faction. Uh, that said, like I said, I backed it. I'm looking forward to it. It didn't make my list, but I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think this comes out until January or after Essen. I think that's the reason I didn't put it on here, is it's not literally coming out at Essen, so that's... I. I yeah, you I may didn't. be right there. I, but I otherwise, tried to purge those, but... Missed. Yeah, I, I think this list for me is is mostly stuff that's either coming out on Essen or beyond. 
you know, the the few months okay. after that. Yeah. Because um, I like some stuff that maybe isn't technically an S and game too, but isn't out yet and may get there by Christmas or be able to be there with, that you can buy with your Christmas money. Um, Had but, I done that, I would have changed my list, but I stuck to strictly essence. So, okay, no harm, no foul. Well, if you'd have talked to us, we would have told you the rules. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. So I've been sick. I'll blame it on that. Um, but, yeah, I looked hard at this one, and then I just kept, I got that little bit of the feel of Twilight Struggle, 1989, Dawn of Freedom, Versin das Volk. Yeah. And then I th- said, well, I've got those. So let's move on. That's what I felt about it twice. I, I'm hoping, you know, I figured somebody around here will get it. I'll get to play it. And if I love it, then I'll pick it up. But it wasn't one that just said, all right, you got to back it. You got to come into it now. Give me your money now. Um, the other, I think the other thing was other things were taking my money at the time, too. So um, so Fair it enough. kind of fell by the wayside. I re-looked at it. It, it. it was under consideration for this list, but it didn't quite make it. That's down there in the top 32. All right. But. You know. All right. So uh, who 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 now, Amanda? Now it's, it's you, me. kind sir. All right. Um, so one versus many, huh? Okay. Because and that's another reason I found a different game that's a one versus many. I think a game I almost backed. I really came close to backing on Kickstarter, uh, and that's called The Exile Siege. It's got that stronghold vibe. Yes. But oh, the way you yes. build the board and the way you build up your fortress with pieces that go onto the board that keep changing the strength. And then, and then you, you know, this is about a group of people who were banished by the king and they have to build this village and they're just kind of like these lame fighter guys and they got to learn how to build stuff and then it gets better and better. And then all of a sudden they're under attack. And uh, one player can play one side against the rest of the players, or it can be a two-player game. I believe there's a solo element to it. Um, watched a bit of a playthrough. It was a bit of a dry recording. I, I forget who did it. But I, I stuck through it for about 15 minutes, and I thought, oh, yeah, I really do wish I backed that. This one is looking really, really good. It looks like you're going to have to make a lot of decisions on which parts of of the wall you're going to go after, when you're going to make your moves, how many people you're going to send. Do you do you just go in to get somebody to retreat? Do you go in to, to, to damage and then pull back and to, to fight another day? Uh, I'm not sure if that's all in there, but it seemed like it's all in there. Um, and then I just started thinking about the wall in, in, uh, in Game of Thrones and thinking, oh, my God, this could be, you know, we could be the wildings moving in on this stuff and they built it up and i thought this one could be fun i've always looked at stronghold and i've thought i want to buy that i think this might be good i might want to buy that i think this might be good and it just looks so uh, a little more unwieldy than i than i want and this one looks like it's tightened up with a few different types of things to do that make it even more intriguing for me so um i you know it's not really in the wheelhouse of our normal gaming but I think if it has the fun factor, I think it's going to have plenty of decision making to go along with it that it should be. Why not something like this if we play war games and 18xx games and medium to heavy euros? Why not? So, no, and I, I hear you. I looked at this when it was on Kickstarter and I got the exact same thought that you did about, oh, hey, this kind of reminds me of Stronghold, not the publisher, but the game, right. Stronghold. Um, and that recently got reprinted, and I was like, which of these two do I like more? And honestly, it, 
I think I like Stronghold more. And I know this is going to sound incredibly superficial, but they started putting minis into this game, the Exiled that you talked about. And I was like, I think it looks better cubes. and less cluttered with the yeah. cubes. And I was like, I that turned me off. And I know that's completely superficial, but it's honest. So no, I I, so, I yeah. think there I have mini fatigue at the moment. It's minis are going into everything nowadays. That's the new thing to do. It's it, it's replacing Cthulhu. You know, I mean, hey, let's put minis in it. Hey, you got me, but let's make it minis. Makes the Kickstarter be more successful because people are like, ooh, minis. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's yeah, it, I bet you. I bet you. If this wasn't a Kickstarter game, you would never have seen no, the it'd minis. Be cubes. But then again, maybe they thought about minis to differentiate it from Stronghold a little more. I don't know. And, and know. possibly that could be it. And it's again, it's something that I'm curious yeah. about. But it it. It just no, it wasn't on my. Well, it's list. on my list because I don't have Stronghold and I haven't succumbed to it, and I've actually never even played it. But I do look at it wantonly sometimes, just thinking, <laughs> Lust yeah, in it your might eyes. be a nice night to hang out with you tonight, babe. And that would be, you know, that would be it there. So, so I think this is part of why we play games together. We connect on some level, uh, you know. Your thoughts, what you've said here, it's exactly <laughs> what I've been thinking about this game. And what you said about Stronghold is exactly the same thing. I, I lovingly hold Stronghold at Guardian every time <laughs> I'm there, but I always put it back. But this one I really liked. It's the t- you know tower defense is cool. I don't really have yeah, that one of those too, games. Yeah. But the thing that really got me was that each of the buildings in the village has three levels. Right. And it just... I, I used to be a big StarCraft player, mm-hmm. and it just spoke to me like, oh, wow, I can build out this village, and there's sort of a tech tree on which of these buildings do I want to level up, because I'm sure they all give you various benefits, and I was imagining, you know, there's going to be this tension of, oh, if I, I want to do all these buildings. They're all awesome, but I can't do them all because I don't have enough time. They're attacking the walls. So this one didn't... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. This one didn't make my top ten, oh, but it, it hung me, around for the... It was the longest hang-around because it's also the first game on the list, on the Essen list on BGG. So I saw it right away. I'm like, man, this is going to be a slog. Of every game I look at, I'm looking at this closely. Um, so it hung it hung around. It made top 20 for me. Yeah, I, you mentioned something too, StarCraft. And, I, and I've been finding in the looking at my long list, I'm seeing elements of some computer games, tower defense ideas, uh, um, um, other ideas that have invaded kind of after the obvious ones like the XCOM game and the obvious one coming out, Master of Orion, there's some unobvi- non-obvious ones that are starting to implement some of these ideas. And I'm liking the, the idea of being more nuanced and fed into the board game than the, oh, here, we're porting, we're, then we're porting the over, XCOM you over the head. or we're porting yeah. Master... We're going to port right. Master of Orion into a board game that takes 30 minutes to 60 minutes to play. Well, then it's not Master of Orion. I mean, it's pure and Exactly, simple. and that's why I dismissed Immediately, it pretty yeah. much out of hand. When I saw the playtime, I was like, yeah, this isn't Master of yeah. Orion. Which is another thing I did when making this list. Maybe we probably could have discussed this at the top, but why not now? Anything that was 30 minutes or less, less did not make this list. So if you made a great 20-minute card game, yeah, well, I've got Arboretum and a slew of others, so it didn't make this list. When I discover that it's a great card game down the road after it's been out, I'll get a copy. But this list for me was about these big games or these medium games that, that we were right. going to spend I, I have yep. to 100 nowadays. It, it, in our little secondary list, kind of like off the beaten path type stuff, I have one of those smaller card games on there, but there's there's a track record behind it. It's not a, you know, um, oh, it's just like like an Arboretum that kind of came out of nowhere. This this one has 
a track record, like I said. But no, I agree with you as far as that goes. Just this should be games with a little bit more substance, yeah. I yep. think. So, so it's your speaking turn. of which, moving on. Uh, so I alluded to it earlier, and this is the last Sierra Madre game. Does the second word list. start and with an R? <laughs> it does not, actually. I thought it did. Um, no, it's actually an expansion. It's uh, Pax Premier, Kyber Knives. Um, this oh, is no, the, uh, the expansion to Pax Premier. Expansions. Come on. All right, go ahead. <laughs> hey. So, um, so full disclosure, Cole Worley is a friend of ours, the designer, yeah. and we played PAX Premier, or yeah, PAX Premier originally at BGGCon last year, and he taught us the game. And obviously, that added a little something to it when you're learning straight from the designer. That was enjoyable. Right. Um, but we kind of touched on PAX Premier, and I understand that Eric's not a huge fan of it. The thing that I'm really excited about this is the fact that it just it kind of revamps the game and improves the game but it also adds 60 new cards so now the deck is getting to be Pax Porfiriana size oh, to where there's going to be a ton of ga- cards that you just don't see for games and games and games which it's going to give that even more replayability which I haven't played the game enough to where I really need that but that said there are certain games that call to me as far as completionism, <laughs> and this is one that very, very much does. And you, you had thought that it was going to be Pax, uh, Pax Renaissance. Yes, I did. I'm not, I'm not super keen on that time frame, that time period. Yeah. So I'm getting it just because I'm a Phil Eklund fan, but I'm not. I'm much more interested in Porfiriana and Premier than I am Renaissance. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. You could have warned us that you knew Cole Worley before we slammed his game. <laughs> <laughs> Eric. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, hey, not every game is for every person. He would be, any designer would tell you that, right? That's right. Uh, that, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I, I, ga- I gather that this is not on either of your list. We'll move on. Uh, it, was, it was definitely on my short list. When I made my list, I, 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 here's what I wrote. I wrote Bios uh, Genesis. You know, uh, and and then I put the comment next to it. Duh, obviously. And then I wrote, <laughs> I wrote the other ones. Well, obviously as well. But yeah, you know, okay. what do I want to make right. a Phil Eklund list? I mean, we could do that. But I wanted, you know, the one, no, the, no, the one that I'm really looking forward to. If push comes to shove, and I have to spend some money on F- Phil Eklund's games, will be BIOS Genesis before these others. But eventually, they will all get into my collection because um, I've I've been converted i'm i'm sold it's like i've joined scientology it's it's the phil eklund cult uh, it's, it's like scientology and if if you try to get out they will try to kill you so right. I, i've Don't seen the phil eklund it. fans they're, they're not letting you out once you're in so <laughs> i will get them all I heard stories i will get them all but uh you know i had to leave room for something different on the list right yeah so renaissance but, well renaissance the, was the one game that came close i had it at number 12 <laughs> and it mainly was okay. because you know, I really love Pax Porfiriana. I I think Renaissance is trying to be, you know, the bigger scope game. It's like a more ambitious, more scoped game than right. the other two. Yeah. 
I just like the idea of Phil Eklund reaching for more scope. Here's the beauty <laughs> of his games, it probably though. will turn out to be brilliant, hopefully. We've, we've got the Pax line. We've got the Greenland Neanderthal thing. We've got the Bios line. Uh, we've got High Frontier one day. High Frontier. One day, maybe. And then you have the someday. older, like, Origins. Yeah. Right. And we can all debate these and the different lines and the different games within each line, but they're all really pretty cool games. And just as a group of games, if you didn't have anything else and you just wanted to play those over the course of several months, you I don't think you can get bored. I think you just hop back and forth between these whole systems and, and they're just so much to keep doing over and over again. And they're basically card games. So, yep. And then, I mean, you could even go all the way back to like Lords of the Sierra Madre and all that, which was like the precursor to Pax Porfiriana, right. um, because I know those have their fans like they prefer the more experience as opposed to the gamification that some people are saying that Phil Eklund's going towards. But I think I think his his catalog gives you a wide. A varied enough range to where there's a little bit of something for everybody. And everything in there has you know? a story. So it's themat- right. thematically yep. tied in to all these Euro-like mechanics. It just it just works. And if if other designers would take as much time to tie in this, their, their science or their, their history into their games as he does, we would just be spoiled. I mean, the right. games are so much bigger than, than the package. Yeah. You know, especially Neanderthal is a tiny little square. You spread it out. You play it over the course of two hours. It's fantastic. So screw these top ten lists. Let's just get Phil Eklund games and play those for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Done. All right. Eric. All right. So my number four, uh, this is the one where I deliberately broke my rules, I guess, about games <laughs> uh, not being out. Although this one was a print and play and I think is being published for the first time. Oh, I think uh, I so. Know this, what this one, is. number four, Democracy Under Siege. Lucas Camisa is the designer. Publisher is Four Dados. And this is another World War II game, uh, World War II setting. And it's, I think it's kind of a what if. Now, I haven't played Triumph and Tragedy, but I think that's kind of a game that has a little bit of a what if where history can sort of take a turn yes. and go a different direction. Yes. Yep. Uh, so this is yep. pre-World War II. It's from basically Hitler taking power until 1944 or 1940. I can't remember the... I'm sorry. Um, it's the early stages. Till, it's the it 30s. Play, you play it until World War II breaks out, so it must yeah. be 1940. Uh, yeah, rough. Yeah, rough. And you're trying to be in the best position when the war breaks out. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of about, I guess, democracy being under siege. What's Somebody's promoting Nazism. Nazism is a track you are. one person will be playing, yes. That's right, yeah. yep. So uh, I think this was a print and play. It says on BGG it came out in 2011. Uh, Saw a couple things that cautioned me a little bit where people said, wow, this game's too long. It's eight hours long, you know, which I hope it's not that long. That was several months ago. I think the designer's been working on it a lot over the last five years. Uh, The map is just beautiful. Looks fantastic on the table. So Dude, this looks fantastic. I this is completely <laughs> yeah. This me. one, this one, man. You look at the map, you start drooling. It's just so really good. Yeah, looking. I'm I'm doing that right yeah. now. They uh, it says the playtime's down to 180 minutes, so it's three yeah, hours. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Six. 
Yeah, okay. First time. Yeah, <laughs> probably five. So this was this, in the same spot. Dude, this looks awesome. This was on the same spot for me, except I didn't break the rules. So it uh, I, it fell out because of that. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. it probably would have been my top ten as well. It sounded very, very wow, fascinating. Wow, this yeah. is going on the yeah. list. So Edward's getting a pen out and changing his list right now. But Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, no, yes, that it's been out, man. but it was print and play. So it's the first real publishing of it. It's going to get real Oh, I think that's so legit. That's legit in my yeah, book. Yeah, I, I hemmed and hawed over it. And then you know what? Actually, I just forgot about it as I was yeah. putting <laughs> the rest of this together. So I it hope, actually I hope is that in it's my... accessible and available, something we're going to be able to get. That's so a, democracy That's kind of an out there siege. publisher. I, I d- can't think of any other games that I've owned or played from for Dados. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-uh. Never. Uh, I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of them. So democracy under siege. All right. It's going on to the list, dude. Good call. Good find. Yeah, you baby. Go. You're the best. I know. <laughs> I'm number one. I went first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, you guys have picked my games. I've picked a couple of Edwards. By the time we get down to toward the end, you're going to be doing like the last three in a row at this point. Yeah, because I'm on number three right now, and this is a game that isn't. It's a little cheating as well. Uh, it's not a re-implementation or a reprint, but it's not a, a technically an S game. Begin with an S. It's a P500 game, oh, no. which okay. is supposed to ship sometime between S and the end of the year. And uh, I have one ten on my list, although. Two might be going, and one ten is called Sekigahara. Sekigahara, with, uh, yep. block warfare, tactical system. This is called Fields of Despair, France, nineteen fourteen through nineteen eighteen, which in which which introduces a new block system that is supposed to keep. And this is why I don't have anything like the fog of war on the list. It's supposed to give you the fog of war and maintain the fog of war throughout. You have opportunities to split your blocks as you're moving or to put them together. There are decoy blocks worth zero value. The values, rather than being one, two, or three or something like that in a lot of games, are from zero to 20, I believe, is, is the value. So uh, you have to do reconnaissance. You have to send your little little flying little planes in the uh, 19-teens over their area to see what kind of units are there and you've got to maintain something to to get to to eliminate some of the fog of war it just sounds fantastic from everything i've read there's a lot of deception going on a lot of cat and mouse going on it's supposed to simulate what it was like doing trench warfare in in world war one i don't think there's enough good world war one experiences in the gaming world um it's a gmt game by kurt keckley uh just the idea of taking block the, the, the block warfare, which I really enjoy in a lot of games, and then adding something new to it. And if it works, it should be incredible. It reminds me a little bit of uh, like Marie and Friedrich, where you go in with the uh, unknown. You go in with your chits, but you don't know exactly how much power each guy has. The size You're of the keeping army. keeping the size right. of the army secret. And yeah, uh, so this is one of my most anticipated games of 2016, yeah. period. Yeah. Uh, I no, uh, again, because of the way I, I I I time this as far as okay, S and only. That's the only reason it's not on my list. Um, with it being World War One and being a block game, both of which I'm a huge fan of, and honestly, I have to give credit to Dan Carlin and his show Hardcore History. He did an awesome, awesome uh, series on World War One. On this, and it got me just absolutely fascinated about mm-hmm. it. And when 
the fact that they were able to make a block war game and what I assume is not going to be a stagnant uh, just because of the trenches and be boring. I can't imagine that it's going to be intriguing as all get out. I cannot wait until I get Yeah, this, this is the first one I've ever actually P500. And, and oh, I just cool. did it because nice. I just found it a few days ago and discovered it. And I'm like, oh, where, where, is, where has us. this been? This One sounds fantastic. One of us. And, and, uh, and there is, uh, from some of the stuff I read, I believe there will be multiple scenarios in this game. And there's a full campaign game. But mul- some scenarios are trench yep. warfare. But some of the, the, the commentary that I either read or even did I watch something on it um, talked about that and said it was still fascinating to do the way this system is set up. So uh, the the cool. the praise for it is that. almost up to the hype of some of these Euro games, but the praise is obviously coming from more eggheaded people who really love these type of games than the people with video channels. So there's a big difference in who's actually hyping this uh, in my mind. So that gets me going uh, more than anything. This was actually at one point number one on this list, but then because it's an S and only list, I'm like, well, if I'm going to cheat, I'll just bump it to three. <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, this would have been if it would have been say from now until the rest of the year, this would have also been my number okay. one. Clearly, yeah. So this one, I, um, I, I and, and just to oh, oh go just ahead, the, Eric. this one because it wasn't on the Essen list, I didn't know about it. So I'm taking a look at it. First time I've seen it. it definitely looks interesting. So I'm into <laughs> it. I'm into the theme. I'm into the I'm into the map. And I'm into GMT in general, so good stuff. Yeah. There's there's another, and, and kind of a, uh, give me a little latitude here. There's another game that recently came out. I think it's by Compass Game or Legion Games. I can't remember which, called The Lamps Are Going Yeah, Yeah, um, uh, I think it's Compass Game. And it's one that I was really excited about. It's a card-driven mm-hmm. game based on, or it, it set in World War One as well. And there wasn't a ton of info, and I hemmed and hawed about actually uh, getting pre-ordering it. Decided not to. I wanted to wait till I got some kind of feedback. And I ventured over to ComSim World. God bless them. I hate that place. <laughs> just the how just impossible to navigate it is. But anyway, the reviews uh, and session reports and stuff that I was reading over there said the game's fantastic. So that's another World War One game that's recently... Well, we do have a person uh, in our group with out. a copy of that. So if we can convince him to actually nice. read a rule book uh, and, and, and cool. play one of his games once, other than the Dutch Revolution, we might actually have to play this. So... All right, and that was Fields of Despair. You yeah, and the other reason though, I put right? this on here is GMT doesn't do SN releases. You know? Correct. There, there. I have no GMT games, even though if you look at my anticipation key there's list, a ton of them. there's yeah. like 20, 20 uh So they just don't play that them, game, so should we leave SN them releases. out because they don't play that game? No. no. <laughs> we give a brother a break on this show. All Fair right. point. All right. It's, it's funny so watching him move after he talks on the screen here. <laughs> You're like delayed. Oh, he's laughing now. Oh, he's probably done. Now he's back to laughing. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we recently reviewed a pretty obscure game called Panthalos. Yeah. And we thoroughly enjoyed that game. Well, the same designer. Uh, 
Burned Eisenstein in Iron Games is coming out with another Dice as Workers uh, game called Phalanx with two X's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander the Great and a designer who, huh, I really dug his last game. I'm willing to give this one a shot. It, it's as simple as that. The artwork, again, kind of, eh, but I really enjoyed the, the mechanics of the game, so I'm willing to give it a shot. Um, pretty, pretty much simple as that, just... I don't want to, I mean, there's just not a ton of info out there. I mean, I can read the little blurb that's here on BGG. It says, Alexander the Great has conquered a vast empire, but his power is now waning and the time is ripe to compete for his inheritance. Each player leads one of four competing factions that are ready to rule the vast empire. To do this, you must become the most powerful faction by reinforcing your troops ensuring sufficient supplies and occupying the most important cities in oasis all right cool that tells me almost nothing but the map looks the map looks pretty cool um and i i briefly perused the rule book and this game has dice you roll the dice (laughs) but it's universal as far as how they affect people or how they affect players which i if you're going to have dice type stuff that isn't a war game that's kind of how i like it implemented and i'm uh, yeah i'm just super excited to check out his next game i remember and hopefully it, it will keep it from becoming as obscure as pantalos i remember seeing it i looked at it briefly and like you said it didn't look fantastic presentation wise so it it fell away early on my list but i do recall seeing it but i haven't played pantalos right. either so i you know i have no not many no people pedigree have. <laughs> to go by so um there really well as you say there's not enough information for me to put it on a list yeah i did think the map looked right. good the map drew me in it, it kept it into a late a late uh comer on my list um is this the same guy that designed peloponnese do i have that totally yeah uh, yeah or peloponnese yeah. or whatever yes it is, yeah. it's the same okay. guy yes uh so i have i have that Peloponnese the card game which we played that one fell flat for me obviously you know I'm not judging all of his games there but part of it was kind of like well okay I don't know if this will make top 10 but it it does look cool it's very colorful lots of colorful pieces on a beautiful map so he's got Peloponnese and Pentelos same guy I thought it was Pant Halos Pant Halos yeah all right. Well, I'll wait for I'll wait for pantaloons. I'll wait for the game pantaloons. Pantaloons. Okay. My friend Brian calls it pantyhose. Pantyhose. That'll go. be game four in the series. <laughs> nice. Right. All right, Eric. What you got? All right. My number three. Uh, this game. It's red. Um, <laughs> and it's. I don't. I've it's seen red. Be, yes. I'm. Is picking, that the name of it or the color of it? I had no idea. I can smell red. I can smell red. He can smell red. Yes. It's more names I can't pronounce, but I can pronounce the name of the game. It's Martians: A Story of Civilization. Not to be confused with Mars. What you call it, Robinson Crusoe. Or, uh, or there are seventeen terraforming Mars, or Mars out. in your eyes, right. or let's all go to Mars and eat ice cream. Any of those games, sure. Yeah. So this one's by Gregor's Okilinski and mm-hmm. Christoph Wolicki mm-hmm. uh, from Red Imp Games. This is coming out. Another publisher I'm totally unfamiliar with. Uh, it's an economic worker placement game. It's about colonizing Mars. It has kind of a neat mining mechanic that happens in the center of the board with with some hidden tiles. And as you move through there, I think 
it seemed like a game where you, if you have multiple plays, you start to gain knowledge of those tiles. You start to be able to deduce what's left on the board and what directions you might want to go as you play it more. Uh, Ricky Royal, uh, Box of Delights on YouTube, has a video for this game. But I watched the video and it was kind of scattered. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, and there's over here, there's solar panels. And then you can make you can make food over here. And then, oh, this guy, he's digging for stuff. And it was kind of hard for me to really follow the flow of the game from the video. But uh, it, it looks cool. I, you know, I like the theme. Uh, it's a space game. I'm going to try to get on the table with Jim. That's always an interesting <laughs> challenge. Uh, interesting results come from that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so this is Martians, A Story of Civilization. Or Martians, a fifth and it's fight. A, it's a co-op, though, is it Well, not? that's the other thing that made me yeah. a, little, a little bit of a yellow flag. It's a solo. It's a co-op. It's a competitive. Yeah. It's a semi-co-op. You can play it many different ways okay. and there's different and components that, that come into the game on, whether you it. have like individual object- objectives or group objectives things like that yeah i watched ricky royal's video there's another video right. out there of it as well it yeah. was high on my list of like this looks good and i started watching the videos which are pretty much both kickstarter previews for it mm. uh went to kickstarter page those are the only two things on there i believe when i looked at it as I delved more and more into it, it slid further and further down. I got a little bit more flat feelings about it. So okay. um, good. To, That's exactly how it, I was like, oh, that looks good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, yes, oh, exactly. Oh. And so uh, that'll be one you'll pick up uh, when it comes out and we'll play it and uh, look for that in Eric's spring auction. <laughs> 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 so just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about that one? That's your number three. I don't huh? think so. I'll, I'll, but I do think that video I saw didn't really do the game justice. No, it didn't really tell me much. But about neither how the one I flowed. watched did it. Yeah. Did it uh, gave me enough to to turn me on to it? Yeah. You know. I just I like red. O- okay. Looked a little more orange to me though. But. Okay. It did have an orange hue. I thought. All right, Eric or uh, Jim. I have one more on next? the list. Seeing as you guys kept. And I do too. And then Eric will finish this off with two two in a row. And I can guarantee I'm not taking one of Eric's with this one. And probably I can almost guarantee I'm not taking one of yours. And I could probably guarantee that maybe the heavy cardboard listeners want to turn this off for the next two minutes. Um, uh, Anybody like first person shooters? (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at this game. Not terribly. I'm looking at this game Adrenaline. And then reading about the actual disguise, it's a it's a first person shooter, but it's a euro in disguise of a first person shooter. And talking about the resource management and the and the collection, and some of the ideas in there. When you go get somebody and you kill them, they don't lose anything. They just respawn like in a first person shooter with their stuff. But as you damage them, they get better. Which I thought, wow, what an idea. You're running around. I hit you with a bullet. I hit you with a truncheon. I punch you in the face. And all of a sudden, you're twice as fast. And I've just made you stronger. Also, it depends on who, how many times the, the person you kill has been killed before and how many points you're going to get. Because if you keep getting the same noob over and over again, you're not going to score crap. So you got to go against the tougher... And it sounds like kind of... So you can't grief somebody. You can't somebody. just sit there and grief and spawn camp and do all this stuff. It seems like they've, they've figured out some of the things that drive you nuts about first-person shooters on, 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 online. But when the guy who did a video, some English dude did a video of it, and he's talking about the Euro aspects of it, I thought, wow, 
this is what's missing in a lot of Euro games. You have interaction, but you have you still have the resource development. You're all running to get the same different types of ammo. There's different types of weapons. There's different types of points to be gotten, but you have there's a price to pay to go get this stuff. Um, I don't know. The, the hype, it didn't have any going in, but it's gotten a lot of hype from the demos at Gen Con. And I think I'm starting to buy into some of this hype. And I wanted something really different on this list. Uh, you know, I did something different the first year we did this with Arkwright. I did something different again with Lignum. So this one, I'm going in a completely different direction this year. And this is, Boy, this are is you. my sleeper, kind of my sleeper <laughs> hit thing that, that uh, you know, like you say, or, uh, uh, Edward, uh, Millennium Blades, who knew, right? So right. I'm, I'm thinking this might be the the Millennium Blades of this list. This might be have enough going for it, or more than enough going for it, to really satisfy those midweight Euro typers, and yet still give you that fun of 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 slapping people around a little bit. And you know, there's they're supposedly it gets funny, you know, because I played shooters where we're all laughing at each other while we're killing each other. So if, if this gives me that experience of some of my best times. Plus, allows me to have some Euro Euro goodness with it, um, and it's something completely different than anything else we're talking about. I'm all for it, man. So, so cool. I mean, this is a hundred percent not on my radar, even a yeah. little bit. But I'm willing to entertain. Oh, you're playing it at least. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure uh, it's I, at I heavy it con next try, year. You'll not, be playing it. <laughs> it's not going to be something that I'm going to go out of my way to seek. But if you put it on the table, sure, let's have some fun. Let's let's give it a go. And I if I, I had, if I don't, I'm sure Brandon will. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I had my radar pointed at myself when this one came across. Okay. Because I didn't even see it. You didn't see it. Well, I saw it. But yeah, the, I, I same here. Right I, I saw it and just completely. To be honest, when I saw the Gen Con hype and saw this on those lists and that, I didn't look at it. I passed it over. I read the little tag to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I have no interest in that. And then when the big list came out, I go, all right, I'm going one by one. And all right, here's this guy. He's got an eight minute video. I'll watch this. And after I got done with it, yeah, this really sounds great. Actually, I want one. After he got done, I wanted one. So. It goes to two on my list. All right. Okay, so I get to... F- All right. Uh, sh- oh, wait. Edward, you still have one, right? And it's that's CGE Games, too. So check games. I mean, with with uh, Vlada and all that, they've got that track record. That's true. Philip Naduk is the uh, designer, or Naduk. Naduk. And that's Adrenaline. Adrenaline. All right. All right. So my last game, alphabetically, since <laughs> Tramway started it off... Uh, we're back to the S's for me, and S to me means Spielworks. And what's what's the biggest one from Spielworks this year, at least in theory? Solarius Mission, designed by Michael Keller and Andreas Odenal or Odie. Uh, so these two teamed up for Lagranja or Lagranja or Lagranja or however you want to Lagranja. pronounce it. Um, well, this is a completely completely different game it's set in space uh and it's kind of a economic exploration type game that it's spielworks and it's michael keller and andreas odenal okay i'm willing to check it out yeah it seemed like they uh maybe use some of the ideas of lagran yeah lagran ha lagran ja lagran right uh 
<laughs> but but it, yeah, I agree. It looked like a totally different game, uh, very unique in terms of how the cards get used. Seemed like the cards had two uses in this one versus three in the the other game. I won't, I won't four, say five times. Four in the ground. Four yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah right. which, uh, which is great. Love that. But I also like the idea of maybe it being a little – this one could have a little – smoother action around the table smoother really right i find lagrania yeah. unsmooth that well no i didn't find it unsmooth game. but you know there's a lot of text on cards things like that this is more icon driven once you learn the language of the game it's maybe more boom 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 around the table i had this one as number two on my list oh so, so we okay. got you out you're <laughs> yeah. only gonna get to do one more yeah, that's um right. this one was on my list but i kind of took it off because I, I i i it it is is it no, oh man, I didn't even get it down to my uh, my honorable mentions. It's in my top twenty. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I think I've gotten. Uh, I've he- we've heard about this a long time ago. I, I and I'm, I've got waiting fatigue on it, and I just worried that it was going to be too much like Lagrania. Uh, but now that you've said it's nothing like Lagrania, I'm I'm all over it because Lagrania for me was a great. Yeah, game. I hope yeah. so. I shouldn't say I know. It just doesn't look anything like it. It has the whole space right. theme, which a I'm not super keen on uh, as a mm-hmm. whole. But the modular board for the center and the way the different planets and and the all that can be yeah. different every every game. Um, so it definitely feels like okay. Look. Just because we designed this game doesn't mean we have to be Stefan Feld in every game is similar in that respect. Right. Um, so it looks like they're going in a completely different direction. And like I said, I am a unabashed Spielworks fanboy, yeah. even if last year was kind of a right. bust as far as they go. And let's face it, the way things go, uh, Spielworks will be happy to know that someone's going to pick this up. Uh, afterwards, I'm sure, and make a bigger deal about it than it ever was in the first printing, because <laughs> that seems to happen with Lagranha, that happened with Arkwright, um, and that's going to happen with Rochefort, Colon Colony, and all that. Sure. So I think it's cool. What Spielworks does is they pick up these little obscure games, do a 1,000 game print run, the end, and then if somebody else wants to pick it up, we'll license it out to you. Knock yourself yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely one that I'm looking at picking up. One of us is going to get it, probably yeah, both of us on this it. one here. I mean, based on the pedigree. This is just pedigree. Right. But the worry is, and and this is subject for another podcast because we could go on for a while, and I think one day we will talk about this. It's it's just, uh, are we reaching the critical mass? Where where when, when do things start just being more of the same all the time? And and so that's my worry. I'm starting to get to the point where, yeah, I like this. The idea is great, but is this more of the same? Is this Lagrania in space? If it is, w- will I love it? I don't know. Um, will I need it? I don't know. But hopefully it's not, and and it gives us some yep. new stuff. Yeah. To, the, the board, uh, play, I mean, the board play on this one looked more involved and interesting. I like the Luna center part of yeah. the Grania board and the, and the race element on the different tracks. But this one with the planets and kind of going around, setting up your space, it just seemed like there's more going on in the middle of the table with this one. So I appreciated that as well. And in the end, all this is best guess. Right. I mean, we don't know these games. I mean, the exception being like Crisis, yeah, which we've gotten to, say to try. <laughs> Outside of that, I don't think that any of us have actually tried any of no. these games. No. Um, so this is best guess. I mean, let's face it. 
75 percent of this is probably going to be meh yeah. at best yeah well the, the hope is you it's know? not but um, right but reality se- you know it's a bell but curve 75 percent right? you're gonna have the... some that are really bad some that right. are really good that surprise us and most is gonna fall in that game on a pile of games sure. yeah range yeah well if we each came up with three great ones that's a good yeah. ratio. I think. then we're winning. That's yeah. Right. So I I did. I came up with a great one. Um. So so does uh does uh does your number one is it designed by a guy whose first name starts with a U? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say that. Are no, we I obvious? A, Are I we obvious? Captain obvious? I have a game on my list. I've tried. I've tried it over and over and over again. Okay. I played different versions <laughs> yes, of this there game you are. in the past. Okay. All right. And here we go. This is a feast for Odin. <laughs> yes. Uber here we Rose go. Over. Which I was going to bring up the fact that really none of us had yeah, that. No, yeah. it's it's on there. Yeah, I, no, it's on his okay, list. Good. I'm just kind of surprised. I knew it would be on his list. I didn't think it would be number one, but it's number one, apparently. Yeah, it made it to number one. All right. Well, tell us why it's number one, Mr. Caverna. Oh, uh, well, so <laughs> Uve is kind of, in, it's interesting. He doesn't always hit home runs for me, but, you know, he went from Agricola to Lahav, which were tighter, uh, you know, more stressful games. And then Orat Labora was the first game I think he had that was really kind of more of an open environment open world pick your path through the game you probably can do stuff without interacting with other players so much and since that point he's kind of pursued that track uh you know when caverna came out i think it suffered largely for me because agricola already existed it's like oh it's a great you know kind of the hype it's so much like agricola he's tweaked the agricola system well the hype was it 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 made Agricola, it, it fired Agricola. Agricola could right. go away because Caverna is like the best thing ever. Yeah, that's and it right. it wasn't. No, they're completely different animals. Yeah. They're, they're well, completely unrelated. They are really? different. They a, are different. Yeah. I mean, they, there's some of the same elements in them, but I sort of feel like I was disappointed by Caverna largely because I had it lumped in with Agricola so much. And right. it's like Agricola is superior Agricola. to me. Why would I play this over Agricola? And that was kind of how I was thinking Agreed. about it at the time. I, I don't know. One's a leopard, one's a snow leopard. I'm not seeing much, <laughs> yeah. you know. So Glass Road, I'll toss that one aside. Then Fields of Arla, the most recent one, is like the first one, I think. I mean, I really enjoy Aura, but Fields of Arla is the first one since Aura where I've I've really appreciated this open game because... I mean, what he's trying to do here is, yes, it does lack some of the tension of interacting with other players. What he really does a good job of giving you is, first, he's really good at math, so he gives you lots of paths through the game that are valid. And he gives so many paths that that really makes the game replayable. I mean, I've played Fields of Arla now 17 times or something, 10 of them solo, and I still want to play it again. And it's largely because even though it doesn't have that tension of some of his earlier games, it's got so many things I want to, Oh, this time I'm going to try that this time. I'm going to try this. So this game, (laughs) I think it has some things in common with that. It does have a little more randomness. There's cards and dice in this game that can change outcomes and maybe give a little more of the variability uh, that we appreciated in his earlier games. Uh, But I think it also promises just an insane multitude of paths to go down in this game. And I'll play it 10 times before I really even understand what's happening completely. And then I want to play it 10 more. And by the time I get to play 20, I will have forgot what I did on play 10. And I want to do what I did on play 10 again. It's just, 
I don't know. I just I like his games. Your I don't always. You now know better than to ask me to do it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't need the tension all the time. I mean, sometimes I just want to listen to the listen to the crickets outside, listen to the wheat blow outside my back window. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel when I'm playing Fields of Arla. Maybe that's how I feel here. I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> here's here's my concern for it. Now it made my short list. It's not in my top ten, but obviously I'm interested in checking it out i enjoy uva i i I really i love agricola uh i'm a big fan of orat labora and lahav um less i would say maybe caverna way lower and then fields of arla somewhere in the middle here's my problem that i'm running into with this is a couple of things one i feel like fatigue is starting to set in a little with him that it's is more and bigger is that better because it started out with caverna and this was just an obnoxious amount of stuff mm-hmm. in a box right it's just a lot of stuff so people go wild oh wow it plays up to seven uh-uh never <laughs> no. um and then you have another massive box in fields of arla with a ton of stuff and that's only two player but there was just a, a just a ton of things and now this is even more. And there, uh, I watched MeWe's unboxing of yeah. it, and it was like, correct me if I'm wrong, like 17 or 12 or something um, punch out, uh, she, uh, cardboard punch out boards. And I'm like, is that necessary? Like, is 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 making a game at a massive scale just with so much stuff? Is that going to make it a better game? And I feel like. That's where I'm pushing back a little bit. Like, I don't know that bigger is better. I'm going to check it out and quite possibly pick it up and then bring it home and try it. But I just, I just, I'm having a hard time getting super amped up about this. And I can't, I don't know why other than that pushback. This is why it's good to be me. I'll say it. I'm watching you try (laughs) to say it. I'm tired of it. Make something different. That's what I'm going to say. I, you know, don't keep just giving me the same stuff over and over with more and more sandbox. I mean, it's patchwork meets X Yeah, all right. Game, Make something right? different. Go I someplace mean, else. That's why I like Vlada. I mean, you get Galaxy Trucker, and then you get Dungeon Lords, and then you get Code Names. I mean, you never know where this guy's going to go, and they're all about as good as they can be in whatever genre. You may not like the genre. You m- might not like the game, but they're all quality of that genre whereas this okay we went to patchwork patchwork was fine it's fun once you get the app on the phone you get i mean you play it over and over again you're done there's no more playing that right and so now he's added it to this thing and it's just kind of like you know what just do something completely give me a big meaty euro that has nothing to do with any of these things you've ever done before just do that because i know you're really good at making these euros you you've got ideas that are really good you're good at math according to eric Eric's Eric's good at math. He knows deltas. Woo! I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's good to be me because I can just say, man, it's beyond fatigue. It's my fatigue. It's not Uwe, Uwe's fatigue. It's my fatigue. It's like, I've got Agricola. I'll play Agricola. Agricola's good. We can't get people to play Agricola, though, because of all these other games. It's just really weird. Or Labora is kind of a slightly different experience. I can dig that one too. But once you start going, all right. And and Caverna was just like this whole hype. This is the greatest thing. It kills Agricola. It's his best game ever. No, it's not. It's a candy store. You can get anything you want. The reason all that crap is in there is because you all want that crap and everybody gets some. You get a new car. You get a new car. Everybody's going to get a new car in that game, right? 
I don't know. So so to speak, Oprah. So to, <laughs> so to me, though, I mean, all of that—that's just noise. <laughs> I mean, first, didn't somebody call us out for being homogenous and agreeing with each other too much? <laughs> yeah, right. The thing is, is I mean, I don't think. Yes, if you know, I guess if I'm approaching it as Uve, please me. I guess you know which. You have a right to say, because you're the purchaser of these games, you obviously want to be pleased by these games. Or, everybody said this game was going to be so great, and it's not. You know, well, that all that has nothing to do with Uwe himself. Which, with Uwe, I believe that what he's doing is what he believes in. And it just, it's his design. And it's what he's and good at. it's what he's, he's good, good at. at. That's yeah. exactly That's it. right. And I don't think necessarily he sets out to go, oh, people I don't like blame Caverna. Him. No. I'm going to make an even bigger game than I'm Caverna. Not, you know, it's, I'm not blaming him either. I'm just not getting on that train. Yeah. And that's fair. I understand right. that. And and I think. Whereas yeah. I'm more like trying to get in Uwe's head. And it's like, I can really appreciate what you're trying to do. This is like your Van Gogh work. Here's here. the nobody, nobody understands you, man. I do. I like you a lot. <laughs> Here, here's the stupidity of the situation with all these games. Be, from Agricola on, we kind of agree Agricola is it. We've never played Agricola together. That's right. <laughs> all right? That's right. So because all this other crap gets in the way, and I'm like, dude, we both have Agricola with Farmers of the Moor put in there. What more do you need if you want an Uve experience? Let's do that one. Feed your people. That, Just that, feed your that's people. That's the pinnacle of Uva yeah. right there. So I, I don't know. I mean, you could have done your number one a little better by having it a joint Uve Feld one, and then we really could go to town. <laughs> yeah, but you, I you thought kept, about you it. You kept filling <laughs> up your list somehow, and I don't know. I was waiting for it. I've got a whole page. Oh, so of that's insults. interesting. All of us had had him not the what is it? It's um Oracle of Delphi. Or, uh, Oracle of Delphi. Oracle of Delphi. Right. And, I'm I'm Which so is a stereo the, company. Who cares, that. man? The Oracle of Delphi. It's just um Does it yeah, have resources? I'm, I'm yes. Does it. it have dice? Yes. Okay. Do you roll the dice and then go get right. resources? Yes. Okay. So All right. So I know we all have any extras um, to mention. Kind of Yeah, like stuff that might not have been top ten or off the beaten path. I, I have I have I have one have Oracle total- of Delphi. <laughs> Number 13 on my list. Can't wait. And Can't you're wait playing. for it. Yeah. All right. But tell us about the recent, I don't know, five Feld games you bought that you couldn't wait for that I'm playing. How many of those have gone in auctions and how many are in the next auction? It's two. It's, um, I don't remember the La, La Isla. La Isla. Gone. Oh, that was gone quick. Gone. Aquasphere gone. Uh, how about Rialto? Like, How'd that go over? That was okay. Blah. And uh, what's the one with the tower from uh, um, oh, Shogun? Right. How'd Amerigo. that one do? Amerigo. Amerigo. Uh, and what else is there? I don't know. We don't even remember Bora Bora anymore. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> you know, if I want to play Fell, I'm going to go play Castles of Burgundy <laughs> back in, you know. Yeah. Uh. So, I, I don't know. All right, go ahead. That's your 13. Yeah, you I have a very special off-the-beaten-track list. And this... I, I have four games All for right, mine. well, but I have I have two two lists. I, I mean, I just went to 15, so I have the five. But I have a special three-game list. A, ver- All right, a very special got? one. This is for a friend of ours named Brandon. Brandon does a podcast called Braun Brothers. And these are games to play when I'm stuck in an elevator with him. Because seventeen fourteen case no 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 I'm, these are games to be nice to him these are games that are coming out <laughs> right these are games that haven't come out yet but are coming out uh, and you know I'm taking Brandon in consideration he did mention on his podcast after HeavyCon that he would like to be stuck in a 
elevator with me if given the choice um, because uh, I'm funny because I'm old and told people to get off the lawn or something like that. So uh, these are games for Brandon. The, the first one is The Perfumer because it's going to be a long six, eight hours in there. Scratch and So we're going to have a scratch and sniff game so we, we, we don't have to put up with each other as much, right? The Perfumer. Then it's Wonga Mania, Banana Economy. Because maybe I can don't I can trick him into playing something that might be heavier than he thinks it is because it's called Wongamania Banana Economy. Exactly, but that's an economic It is an game, economic and game. That caught me by surprise yes, when I saw that. I was like, wait, this is a legit. It actually game. doesn't it actually doesn't sound too bad. It could actually be legit. I wouldn't mind trying a copy. And then number I I I'll be bringing one back. Okay, with there you me. go. Don't worry. And number one on the list, you'll have to bring back, and we'll we'll we'll. Well, I'm sure Brandon will get these games. Have you seen the games he gets? Uh, he'll get this one. This one is the number one game. This almost went number one on my regular list, and that's Katak. Short for Cat Attack. It's cats playing volleyball. I mean, come on, it's cats playing volleyball. What more do you want in a strategy game? So there you are, Brandon. When we're wow. stuck in that elevator, and you don't think I'm funny anymore. We got three games to really go at it here off the beaten path, okay? Wow. Uh, Eric? I'm having fun. Well, let's see. The one I can add, I actually have a mission. Don't you, you have the here. Oracle Delphi at 11 and 12, 13, too? Yeah, it's at 13, 14, <laughs> and 15. No, um, I have a mission for Edward, though, when he goes to Essen. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm going to need you to do one thing when you go over there. That's to get the designer of the perfumer <laughs> and the designer for who soiled the toilet together. <laughs> I want to see them come together to make a game, use the scratch and sniff of the perfumer to go with who soiled the toilet. Uh, Let us know terrible. how it goes. Oof. Wow. What else you got besides the Oracle uh, of The Delphi? only other two I have, I have Far East War 1592. Yeah, that was up there, but it's a three-faction yes. three game. Yeah. Uh, made me think of Three Kingdoms Redux just from that. I don't think the gameplay is necessarily uh, aligned with that. Uh, Korea, China, and Japan, Asymmetric Powers, War Game. It was higher on my list, but when I started watching some of the videos, they were putting me to sleep a little bit with the descriptions it has a rondelle rondelle mechanic for action selection certainly want to try it um i like the theme like the setting also on my to try list and then the last one i had which i thought was coming out at Essen, but you probably know more than me on this edward and that's railroad revolution from what's your game i you know I know it's in play testing, and so that tells me if it's not at yeah, the printer right. right now, there's no way it's going to be ready for us. That's right. right. I, at yeah, least it's not. They're not going to. At least get that's it my guess. So these are the designers I of Jean Guo. It's the only what's your game that showed up on the list at all. So I'm going on pedigree of the designer. I love Jean Guo, and the pedigree eh. of the publisher. Love what's your game. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look at anything they put out. So I'm excited about that. It looked like it was a deck builder with route building. Probably, you know, hopefully a little bit heavier game, not something like Trains, which was a fine game, but not what I'm looking for at this point. That was all I had for my list. All right. So I have four real quick uh, that are all four of these are off the beaten path, so to speak. Uh, the first one is called The Flow of History. There it is. It's right there. It's, I was going to talk it, about that. Yeah. Go ahead. It's designed by Jesse Lee, who's the same designer as Ponzi Scheme. But it's a Civ game, 
that, I mean, it's got some meat to it, apparently. It plays 60 to 90 minutes. Um, it's published by, I'm going to butcher this, is it Moideas? Uh, Moa Ideas I, Game Design? I, I don't know because I, I didn't write it down. It wasn't my top 10. Um, but anyway, it's it's. I believe they're somewhere either in China or in the Far they're East. They're in the Far East. The, yes, the it's the a Taiwanese guy who designed it, but it's not okay. him there you publishing go. it. But it looks beautiful, um, and it looks it looks it, it, it kind of a not a through the ages, but a very abstracted uh, civilization game that I, I love. Auctions and I love Civ games, and this has well. I got the, I got so. the, the through the ages feel from it. Definitely through the ages in an okay. hour it was what I was feeling from it. Well, I have one concern about it. I, I'm I'm digging on it uh, the same. It has some ideas with the bidding process, and also money that goes to the bank can be taken by players. So it has some kind of like uh, auction mechanic, like Castle's Mad King Ludwig or something like that, which is a great idea as far as I'm concerned. The only thing is, there's 67 cards from the from the list of components there are 67 cards so you're doing civilization with 67 cards makes me worry a little bit but if there's expansions and it to plays come, up to five yeah. players so but once you learn those cards that could be i mean look at how many cards are in through the ages and when people learn them that becomes a, a different game so that's my that's Fair my enough, only worry but the, but the time, I, uh, everything i've seen about it looks good it's a smaller scale right. game so i can I can understand that, and it's not going to be a game that you're going to break out, I, I imagine, as often as something like Through the mm -hmm. Ages. So, yeah, I, I I have the same concern, but again, I think the price point on this is 25 yeah. bucks. so for yeah. what it is, I, I, I'm if looking it gives forward to us, it. If it does for Through the Ages what 13 Days does for Twilight Struggle, I'm in. That's a win, right. So my next one, um, so earlier, Eric, I had mentioned the, the difference between Fog of War and The Fog of War. This one that I'm talking about is Fog of War. It's designed by a game, uh, Gavin Birnbaum, and uh, published by Cubico Games. It's an abstract, hand-carved little tank battle game, wooden tank battle game, that... I, I happened to stumble across this thing that said, hey, there are 15 copies that this guy's hand-making wow. uh, for Essen. And it the, the price was relatively cheap. And I just dig the look of it. And I was like, okay. So now there's 14 copies. You just wanted to be one of those Essen. guys that comes and go, I got something you all don't have. Nah, it's not <laughs> oh, even yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, you would be talking about this all the way to next HeavyCon. Yeah. So anyway, it looks kind of cool, uh, um, and I I find that there were certain abstract games that just that just grabbed me, and this one just really looked cool, and the little hand carved tanks look cool. At the end, yeah, I thought the wood board, so the wood war. board with the hex carvings on it looks really neat too. I mean, the whole set looks. It fantastic. does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so Eric will give you money to bring home another cool. one. <laughs> 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 so on that same note for an abstract type thing there's a game called ninja arena <laughs> i looked at that and that just looks cool dude it, it it's almost like a building block uh -huh. like uh like a miniatures game but without miniature terrain and it's on a board that the players mm -hmm. build uh 
and it's a it, it's miniatures in a sense that there's little like they look like little pewter dudes or whatever um and it just it caught my eye i was like that looks striking on the table that looks just cool and so it's one that i mean it's only a 20 to 40 minute game so it's not something that's going to you know dominate a night it's it's basically filler uh but a, a miniatures filler game I, I i don't know of any of those and it looks cool so there you go yeah i took a look at that i didn't know if this was the form for it but you throw it out there so i'm happy to see that <clears throat> so there's one game uh that none of us have mentioned it's i think it's probably number 16 on his list it was number 11 on my list, and I didn't put it out on the, uh, in the top 10. And I think it could be in the top 10 on all lists unless I'm wrong. And that's the uh, uh, key to the city, London. Yes. The London Key Flower. Yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, th- this game so, looks yeah. incredible. This game is going to be probably an automatic purchase for both of us. And, and for me so as well. It's really um, weird because it's re-implementing something, and they there is word that it is different enough to warrant it. And because from Keyflower, yes, you and mean? because I right. went off on Uve and and all that stuff, I'm 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 leery to put it on there. But you know the Keyflower thing's been there forever. We played the crap out of Keyflower, added the, some of the expansions, played that. This adds in reality to that system, and you know you're building London or districts of London, and if you've got you know eighty percent of what Keyflower is and doing it in London, how can that be bad? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good game. It yeah. was it was 16 I, on my. That's list. exactly how I feel. I'm sure it'll be good. I just I, I've I, I keep reading that it's a later version of Keyflower. But I've read ref- refutations that, to that as well. I have not, yeah. so that's good to hear. To be honest, but my thinking on this goes in the exact same thing that you just said regarding like a feast for Odin. Is it more? Uh, am I going to want to break this out? Or am I going to want to break out Keyflower? And so that's my hesitation. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And yeah. so, yeah, and so that's. But let's face it: when I'm over there, I'm gonna buy it. I mean, and and I, I, I the only thing I'll bring up about it here, I do wonder since Richard Breeze has has a partnership with Game Salute, I wonder if that's still gonna go down with the lawsuit against Mister Yarrington. Oh, I think that I think the term is Schadenfreude. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I, I stay out of the news, man. I'm afraid that you know so, I start looking at the news. But anyway, I'll, I'll be picking up an R and D copy of it for sure. While bringing I'm a whole no empty doubt, suitcase but, with you, um, I'm going to be shipping a lot of boxes okay. back. Let's okay. put it that way. All right. So my last one, and this is uh, you were talking about little uh, filler type card games that you didn't want to include this is one i i I wanted to mention just because of the track record and this is a game by stefan reesthaus the designer of arkwright but also of a little known uh card game that uh came out last year as well called visby and i really 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 enjoyed uh that game and so the second part of that series it's going to be a three-part little card game series and this one is called talon t-a-l-l-i-n-n um it says it plays in 10 to 20 minutes which which is about what visby played in but it was a really clever thinky filler card game and this seems to be very similar comes in a little um ziploc bag and 
a couple of components, a little board that folds up and instructions and, and, and that's it. Um, but again, based on track record of both Visby as well as, you know, his big game Arkwright. Yeah. Um, it's a no brainer buy. It's going to be like five, 10 sure. euros. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. Cool. Yep. Um, well, that's all I got. That's, about that's ready to wrap it, it up, Gal? So are we done? Are so, we done? Hey, one thing. What? Is, is, is that good enough, people? <laughs> Are those lists your... good enough for you? If you have any complaints, <laughs> yeah. send, your, uh, Jim send your email to Tony Fryer on BGG. Any complaints you have about tonight's episode? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully hopefully, um, both sides. I mean, obviously there's a lot of crossover between our shows, but there isn't a, like it's not 100%. No. So hopefully our listeners got a taste of what y'all are about and y'all's listeners got a taste of at least what i'm about since amanda has been not as active yeah i don't i don't research games i play what's in front of me so this is not my cup of tea it's probably but we appreciate you trying to moderate it's a different experience too you just get it thrown in front of you and you have to respond to that so we're all researching ahead of time so you're actually coming at it from a different angle a little weird yeah that i mean seriously because it's something that the three of us cannot in any way shape or form relate in most it just doesn't interest me at all well no what i mean by that is all three of us whenever we sit down to play a game it is I, i imagine pretty rare that you haven't at least heard of it or know something it's right pretty rare that we haven't at least looked at the rule books <laughs> right right that's what i'm saying that it's just completely oh what's this and mm-hmm. and that i mean i'm a little bit jealous yeah oh yeah that you get you get that sense of awe and that sense of excitement of it being completely new and yeah. foreign and just oh what's this it's like or that sense of anger like with clinic i'm not playing this anymore exactly <laughs> throw in the table that's it i'm putting tina on this next year <laughs> i guess i'm getting dumped and you're just going to do it with tina there we go yeah no i want that sense of <laughs> and they're going to rename I, it punching eric for all the time I'm relating she punches to him. what edward's saying and you know amanda's approach here i'd, I'd kind of like to experience that yeah, there's no way you can experience that <laughs> First of all, you can't stop buying the games. I can stop. I'll just make her do it. That, yeah, but you're still going to... You'll open them up and look at the rule books. There's no way you could do that. <laughs> I would challenge you to try that with new all the new games come out. I'll read the rule books, and you just come in blind. Ain't going to happen. So yeah, You'll have the Feast for Odin board upside down on the table. Yeah, this is the right side. This is where we play. It's like all strange, that stuff over there. Stranger Things. There. I'll play on that side of the board, man. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway. So cool. This was fun. Hopefully folks enjoyed it, and uh, maybe we can do some of this more in the future. Sounds good. It sounds good. It's, it's fun for us, too. I'm having a good time. Yeah, this so. is great. Finally to see your face actually moving. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> At two frames a for second there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Right. I know. So, hey, um, real quick for your listeners, if they're interested, if they want to back up um, and go listen to our version of this, I guess, we're giving away a copy of either Arkwright or 1846, Winner's Choice. Um, they just have to go back and listen to what to oh, do. Oh, okay. So. Uh, for your listeners, uh, what are we doing? We're going to have gonna them, talk gonna about have whiskey. Them give us the game that they get from him. Yeah, the, you're going to give us the game you get from <laughs> our, yeah. 
right? Because you guys are drinking straight. We're drinking Colorado whiskey in honor of you, you guys, and and uh, Mr. Mon Vinden or uh, Von Minden. God, Mon Vinden, (laughs) Mark. Man, I need another drink. I'm not. I've had one dram, and it's just Mr. Von Minden turned me on to this at HeavyCon. So. It's it is very excellent whiskey. Very good. Uh, I'm surprised how good this is. They can't call it scotch, but it is a single malt. So uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about it on our cool. intro. Or we probably have talked about good. it on our intro. Good, good. We have. Uh, I think you time-wise, have, right? We're breaking time here. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, no, we had fun. All right, fun. guys. Well, yeah. we did it as well. All right. All right. Well, No outro? And... You don't have a big prepared outro there? I I don't. I didn't oh, write man. anything for an outro. I wrote that big long intro. We just gave you two hours. <laughs> I, well, I've been busy listening and such. My bad. <laughs> uh-huh. And for all those folks who don't know how to get in contact with us, Amanda. Our website is heavycardboard.com. Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from you guys, so please don't be shy. Our Twitter handle is at heavycardboard. Our Facebook page is heavycardboard. Our YouTube channel is heavycardboardvids, V-I-D-S. Our Instagram is heavycardboard. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash heavycardboard. And our BGG guild number is 2044. If you were at BGGCon last year, there's no doubt that you noticed the gaming tables up at the front of the main gaming hall. Some of you may have even had the opportunity to play on one of the tables. I was, and after playing on one, I had a very hard time going back to a normal table. Everything from the convenient cup holders to how easily and comfortably my arms rested on the rail made me want my own. Those tables were from BoardGameTables.com. The company is run by a friend of the show, Chad Deshawn. Do us a favor and head on over to BoardGameTables.com and take a look at all of the ways you can customize your own gaming table, from the size, type of wood, all the way down to how many cup holders you want. African mahogany, Carrington stain, navy top, four slide-out cup holders. That's my dream gaming table. What's yours? You don't need a gaming table, but wouldn't it be fun to have your own? Check out BoardGameTables.com to begin creating your own table and let them know Heavy Cardboard sent you. So are you excited about some of those games? Absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't really very talkative in that. And so, sorry, everybody, but it's kind of hard to get a word in edgewise between both Jim and Edward. So Hey, now. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Leave me out of that. I okay, totally fine. agree about Jim. No, 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 no. No, no it was I, th- that was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. Um, if you followed the anticipation geek list that's updated, then you're aware of pretty much all of those games except for one, which is Democracy Under Siege. But if you go there now, it's all on there. Uh, so check that out if you're interested and. Just like we mentioned in the contest, we're interested to hear what y'all's top three is. Yep, absolutely. Thanks again to Eric and Jim from Punch and Cardboard to come for coming on with us. And let us know what you thought. We're anxious to hear y'all's thoughts. You got anything else? Nope. All right. We'll catch y'all in a couple weeks. Talk to you later. Bye.
Bye. Have a good day, everybody.